All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast. With your host, Terry Nasty Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Regan? Well, yeah, just first of all, we need to call Joey Mullen and get one of those neck braces oh, for you. Yeah, Holy the neck cow! Is stiff, a little stiff for for audience here. You're 30 feet from the house. Oh my god! Go to make a left turn. Just get cracked. I don't know how I didn't hear it. I don't know how you didn't either. But it's quite the impact, Nast. As I can when when your man bun gets knocked out. Oh, man bun! That thing was gone. Literally Hair fell off. You know you get hit hard. Dash. Get get. Just to tell a quick story, you're pulling in, taking a left, woman runs you. Her car is total. Complete stop, blinker on. Every every one of her airbags are like out. Her car is totaled. Total. Not only (laughs) is she not paying attention, she was definitely speeding. Oh, yeah. Completely crushed me. Crazy. uh, I'm surprised. uh, Well, surprised. I don't really have any... Um, feeling of it, but her too. She's I mean, got the airbags deployed and everything. You got smoked for oh, sure in the face by that. Well, thing. she obviously was looking down on her phone or oh, something. Definitely. But anyway, but glad uh, you're okay. Yeah, wasn't yeah. a great start to the morning. It was not. But we, the uh, we battled through the adversity. You're a tough guy. That's the hardest you've been hit in a while. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Yeah, 
that's the truth For left sure. it unscathed and um yeah just dealing up with the remnants of uh having my car being towed and an insurance Again. claim now obviously my god um, car, unnecessary. I think we, I think we need to get a bad omen. Yeah, we're gonna, I think, yeah, I think it's I think it's time. So, but uh, how was Christmas? Christmas Good? was great. Yeah, yep. nice and relaxing. Spent some time with the girls. Got to, got two new bunnies around the house now. Nasty. I did see that. <laughs> wow. Got the girls' line head bunnies. If oh. anybody doesn't know, these things wow. are the fluffiest little things I've ever seen. I uh, saw them, and when I did, I wasn't sure what the thing was. I know. I know. And you showed me the picture, but but the girls are loving them. Uh, you know, <laughs> try to limit the plastic around the house this year and uh, the amount of toys and yeah, try to get them to take care of something, a living organism. So I'm a little worried. Habits. I'm a little worried right now for the Rabsies. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's been pretty good. I uh, think they'll be okay. Yeah, it's been a pretty good little experiment so far. You just make sure you're supervising. Always. Nice. You know that. I know. But other than that, well, how about good. you? Yeah, good. LB yeah. uh, made out like a bandit. Of course. Sure he did. Um, got a lot of things he didn't really need course it's the way it goes but it is what it is uh now he had a good good christmas um daughters peyton and bryce came over um they don't come i think they're as elvis would say they're allergic to coming over the bridge because they don't come enough anymore but they've both got their own lives and they're busy 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 and apparently there's no uh condoms in pennsylvania (laughs) because both both of my daughters are Expecting. Congrats, old Yeah, gaps. thanks. Right. I appreciate right. it. I'm happy like for them both. And yeah, um, yeah. It's a little. It's, I don't know if it, I've really wrapped my head around the whole thing yet, but I'm uh, definitely happy for them and uh, Mike and Callum. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, congrats, Peyton and Bryce. I actually spent a a summer uh, yep. living with you guys. So yeah. Pepe. Uh, Pepe. <laughs> I'm not sure how old they were at the time, but they were young, and um, yeah, yeah, nice to see them. They they were upset when when you moved out because I can't cook, and you were cooking every night. That was kind of the deal. (laughs) You're living with us, and uh, you cooked them food that they never thought they would eat. Yeah. And, boy, they were not happy with me. (laughs) They were not happy (laughs) when you moved out. They were not happy. But, um, yeah, so it was a good Christmas, you know, pretty pretty quiet after that. Yeah, heart rate still... uh, Oh, just trying to wrap it. my yeah. head around the whole thing here, you know. Oh, like it's a blessing. He, it's a blessing. Yeah, be great grandfather. Both, both, both boys. Both boys. There you go. So that's that's good. Get him on skates and throw oh, the pipes. Yeah. Fall Elvis. Oh, jeez. We try to stay away from the the pipes if we can. I think it's in your DNA, Ernest. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Not mine. Not yours. <laughs> your pops. Sudsy. Sudsy for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah. Well, uh, getting to some hockey talk. Yeah, f- Christmas fly- break. I think there's only two Flyers games since last the pod. Yeah, uh, Flyers dropped both of those games in Toronto and Carolina. Yep. Yeah. Um, so not a whole lot of action there. Obviously, Flyers are struggling to to find the wins. Uh, Carter Hart injured in Carolina game, but uh, yeah. thank God it's yeah, it's not serious. Not, not serious. He he will he will not play tomorrow. Uh, but he, I think he'll be able to play Friday. They put him on the IR, and it goes back to the 23rd I think right. when the game was. So he'll be okay to play. Um, said he's feeling better, so and he skated. Yeah, so good. That's good news because that's scary. You know, you yeah. have him hurt. I mean, anyone hurt. Obviously, we're dealing with all these injuries, but uh, to see him get his head hit like that and his neck whipped back, it's it's never good. So glad he's doing okay yep. and uh, should be fine. Yep, and uh, yeah, I wish him the best in his yep. recovery. Again, thankful that it's nothing serious. Um, 
Morgan Frost playing well, yeah, maintaining his level of play, which is nice to see by the young guy. Um, But obviously, he can't be the only one going. Obviously, there's other guys going, but um, you know, some production there. And then uh, thoughts on Tony and Travis Sanheim? I I think they've been playing well. Yeah, I really do. Um, You know. I think anyone Tony's going to help anyone he plays with yep. basically. Um, just I, I think Provy's the same way, but uh, I think Sandy's games picked up a bit, you yep. know, um, since he started playing with Tony. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, seems to be a nice little experiment. Yeah, at this point, I think it's just figuring out who's who's the best fit and finding some chemistry, maximizing those pairs. Obviously, on the front end as well as finding right. finding out who works best with. Uh, with with each other there, so see see how that goes in yep. the new year, and then uh, just talking about some uh, international hockey, um, world championships, talk. yeah, yeah, world championships. I'm um, talking about the well, obviously the level of skill that's in hockey now, but the you know there's a lot of rumblings around this uh, this Michigan move um, that seems to be becoming more and more uh, you know, prevalent in the game. You yeah. see it more and more. Um, the skill level, again, uh, uh, of these players is insane. So not something that I would certainly ever be trying in my, <laughs> even in my heyday yeah. um, in junior hockey. But, um, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, the level of skill, first of all, and, yeah. and then, and then that, that play specifically, um, you know, you hear a lot of guys, old school guys around, you know, more North hockey, more, you know, more of this driving to that, which I fully agree with. Yes. But it's not like you can't have both, right? I mean, behind the yeah. net, there's a pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty, the dead space back there to generate some offense behind the net. I mean, to me, it's on the, the defensive team to find ways to defend this because it's, it's not going away. No, it's, well, I think it's, you're going to see more of it. Of course. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my son plays Mike. And a kid tried it twice. Yeah. I mean, and he was able to get the puck get up. up. He did not score. But um, <clears throat> I think I, I like I, I agree with, with what you're saying, too, about the North game going hard. But, like, some of these guys don't play that way. Yeah, exactly. They're so skilled. Um, right. And, you know, like the other night in the uh, – sorry, Canada loss. You guys oh, are, like, yeah. up an arm. Oh, they lost one game. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but, no, seriously, like, there was a play. I guess Bedard yeah. tried it. But, like – it was kind of the play to make there, I thought. And he's a guy that can make that play. Maybe the rest of your guys, like if you think they're not going hard and doing this or that, makes sense. But um, we all kind of know where the game is going. And it's it, the skill level on almost every kid now, like just coming up. Like that's the shit they work on. 100%. That, I mean, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but – it is a play. We've seen guys score goals that way. Now, I did tell my son to whack that kid right across his shin guards next time he tried it because I got that old school mentality too. I don't want to be scored on that way, but the the truth of the matter is, is I mean, that's just a play now. It like, is. It, it is a legit play. And, and, I, and a dangerous one because it's, it's hard to defend. I yeah. mean, as a goalie on the post, it you can't know, be the, on, first on the strong thing side post, I mean, it's like, it's like a, a wraparound, but a little more aggressive, right? right. I mean, now you have, you know, using the topper part of the net, but I mean, teams are going to have to figure out a way to, to defend this. Back in the day, it was Gretzky setting up shot back there, yep. making plays from behind the net. Right. And, and, and now we're able to, to generate scoring chances from the back of the net. Um, so teams are going to have to find a, a more creative way to, to defend this because, you know, I know as, you know, from the coaching side of things and you know, I coach defense, you know, with the Phantoms and I coach forwards, but you know, we would never get defense to chase behind the net. You right. know what I mean? You're on the back side of them. So it's, it's, t- it's a tough, it's a tough one to, to defend, you know, maybe you got to break some sticks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you really do have to flex a little bit there and, and you know, lay 
down that line. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not that easy to do without staying, uh, without you know, staying out of the box and, and right. know, playing it legally. Um, but um, it's not going away. These guys are highly skilled. Like you said, the eight, eight, nine-year-olds, kids. Like I all these young kids are practicing this, as you mentioned, at every level. Right. So the skill level. I mean, again, I think now it's coaching the time and place for this. And obviously, you're not, you know preaching toe dragging at the blue lines right but behind the net i mean there's limited things you can do with the puck right i mean you set up make a play out either side of the net um but if you can generate some offense and then then maybe have the philosophy of guys if you're going to see connor bedard or whoever zegris whoever your skill guy is maybe making one of these plays reverse michigan's we're seeing yeah having guys crashing that because just like a wraparound play or a stuff play, there's going to be rebounds on those plays too. So there's still there's still that you know that hard nose to the net right. type of mentality, um, considering that these pucks don't always go in the net. There's right. going to be a scrum there. So um, it's a new game. I mean, it it's is. been it's been like this for a while, but um, I, I I love the creativity. And to me, it's on the defending teams. We can't hate on the offensive players doing this. Um, it's a it's a legitimate and honest chance to score. These guys yeah. are highly skilled. I, mean, I bet you Connor Bedard scores nine out of ten on that play. Probably does. Um, you know, and some others highly skilled guys. But to me, it's just you have to figure out a way to defend this thing because it's going to happen more and more as the skill level continues to yeah. increase. But well, it, it's funny because the not only the Michigan we've seen that reverse where you fake the Michigan and oh, that yeah. guy wraps around. That plays unbelievable. Whoever designed that the first time the that was genius play. to yeah. me. But uh, that that's happening. We saw Zegers flip it over the net oh, to yeah. Sonny Milano last yeah. year, I believe. He bats it in like you. I've seen a couple times where a player will kind of try to throw it off the goalie's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that there, smart? And and you know, talking about Wayne Gretzky, I mean, I remember a ton of times where he would bank it off a goalie. Yeah. He'd be behind the oh, net, yeah. and come out, and they're like, "Oh, that's luck." I don't think it was luck with Gretz. Like honestly, and I, he's not the only guy that's ever tried it. But you see guys trying for bad angles to hit a goalie. Oh yeah, you smart know, in the players. Show, the way they're going down, but like you said, I mean, it's you got to figure out a way to defend this play because it, it it's working yeah. a lot of the time. Now I realize Canada lost, and um, our buddy Obi was saying that, and I do agree with him. Like for me, Canada's a, usually a you know they're going hard and all that stuff, but you know Bedard's not going to play a physical hockey game. He's going to be a really skilled. You know he is obviously the best, but uh, in his age, but. It's just something, like you said, you're going to have to learn to defend somehow. Yeah. It's a situational, right? I mean, it's, 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 not like, right. it's not like he was, you know, taking a perimeter approach, for, you know, on an entry and trying to Michigan, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a behind-the-net play that he had some space. To me, again, going back to the defending team, this is where you take away time and space. Like, you mean, you, as a defending team, you're going to have to find a way to shut that down, make him make a play he's not going to make, maybe push him on his backhand, whatever that ends up being. But as soon as you give these guys that extra split second and play it safe on the, yes. on the, on the, on the, on the strong side, weak side posts, the guy doesn't have to come to the front of the net to get a stick around. Right. That's the, you know, that's it. That's true. Someone's going to have to put a stick on puck and, and close it down a little quicker. You're going to have to identify that. But we'll see where it goes. I mean, yeah. I mean, the skill level is insane as we're talking about. It's it's not going away. They're going to see these types of plays more and more at every level probably. Not yeah. just the, yeah. you know, the NHL. But, um, you know, I, I like it, you know, because I, I do love the creative 
part of hockey obviously that's why we all played hockey you know now this the creativity is insane and if guys have skills to do this like it's just another tool in their toolbox and just another threat um that you have to to deal with and it's all about scoring goals so you can find creative ways to score goals um saying all this without getting away from the meat and potatoes obviously right these are highlight real goals we're talking about or or attempts um but games are won with you know grunt work and you know the north play the strong defensive play and then playoffs are won obviously in a, in a little different way you know yep. be able to skill your way through the playoffs but um nonetheless the skill levels uh, through the roof uh, it, it is enjoyable to watch enjoyable to watch as long as we don't lose too much of the essence of it i think right you know? yep. which we we all agree with i think here so all right nast episode 99 with our boy mike commodore Presented to you by Cureleaf. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted to this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of their 18 locations across the Commonwealth or visit cureleaf.com forward slash locations. You get a cure leaf on nest? I do. Yeah, you look ultra relaxed today. I'm so relaxed. Oh, I love to see that. Yes. All right, Nast, let's go. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. And this week we are very fortunate to have an absolute legend in my mind. Uh, national champion in North Dakota, Stanley Cup champion. You even won I, a double IHF world championship with Team Canada. You do it all, man. Second round pick, New Jersey Devils, Mr. Mike Commodore. What's up, brother? What's up, fellas? I was very fortunate to have a lot of very good teammates throughout my career. <laughs> I'd like to say it was all me, but it was definitely not all me. I didn't do a whole lot. I just shot the Oh, ball man. It was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, that, that, hey, it worked, man. Whatever it is, it worked. Simple Thank game. you very much. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, man. Oh, man. We're just uh, hanging and banging. Uh, just. Follow you, been, been following you on uh, Twitter and everything. Love your, love everything, man, you put out. It makes me laugh. We kind of want to touch on a little bit of uh, the IIHF tournament going on now. Uh, uh, I loved your tweet the other day about uh, that hit. I'm not pulling for Canada. I'm American. Uh, but uh, either way, I would say th- th- that's not a game, man. Like, if you want to give a guy a penalty for his hands coming up, but, like, to kick the kid out of the game, a little soft. In full disclosure, I did also gamble on the game. So <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit jaded. I needed Canada to win by four goals. I should have known better because it always seems like in these tournaments, like I, I should have, as soon as the game started, it was like five minutes in. I'm like, I am so stupid. Why did I not think about this for a second? Because it's like it's the first game. You know, you're dealing with kids. They're going to be nervous. It's the first, I mean, yeah. Yes, they played some preseason stuff, but like the first game is always a little bit choppy. I'm like, I am an idiot. They are not being checked by four goals. <laughs> but regardless of, and I said it on Twitter, you know, and I, I was watching that game and I'm like, look, I understand the IHF has, a, you know, it's a little softer than the NHL, but even to those rules, like that wasn't even, and I would say the same thing if it was a Czech guy that did it. Like I, I don't right. know a homework. Like that was that wasn't even a hard body check. No, like his I, shoulder, I, yeah, hit his shoulder and his hands like kind of followed through, but it was like brushed him. And anyway, like I said, the, vi- the visor cut him. Yeah, I think his visor, the visor cut him for yeah. sure on that yeah, the play. Visor but cut him. And it was not a, 
like you said, if you want to give them a two-minute penalty, I guess, okay. But, like, five in a game, that was a yeah. joke. I felt bad yeah. for that kid. Like I did, too. And, yeah, like, the poor kid, like, just kind of goes in and, like I said, I, in my opinion, and I watched the replays a couple times, yes, I was betting on the game, and yes, I did have a couple of cocktails, but I'm watching, <laughs> I'm like, that's barely a body check. Even in, like, today's game, that's, like, I, I just, I, I didn't think. I felt bad for the kid. And then as soon as it went, like, review, I'm like, this kid is screwed. And then, yeah. But then I was kind of excited on the gambling side of it because they killed, like, three and a half, four minutes of the penalty. So I'm like, okay, yep. you know. You know, when you kill a five-minute penalty, you get a little momentum. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, maybe this is going to be a good thing. And then it was not a good thing. <laughs> it went the other way. <laughs> it, was not. it went the other way. In the last minute, they gave up two goals. I'm just like, yeah. oh, God, I am so screwed. Oh. Anyway. That's great. I, I did not know that you had put something on that, but I still agreed with you anyway. And like I, like you said, either either way, you're like, come on, that's not that's not – you're kicking a kid out of the game for that. Like, it wasn't even yeah. malicious. It, was, it wasn't even any intent, but just to finish the, a check. It's all it was. His check is high. His hands might have finished a little high, I guess. Yeah. I want to say that. Yeah. I mean, the, the game is has been softening, obviously, for, for some time. And where do you see this going? Because it seems like it's more and more is it, it, it comes to situations like these where they're just like, you just can't even wrap your head around the, these plays at all. Like, do you do you think that like they're really trying to eliminate full body contact? I mean, it's just it seems so. Women's rules. Yeah, hey, Connor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call me women's rules. I did have a couple of cocktails, and maybe I went a little far with the women's rules. But I do. I think it, on the international stage, I I really do think it. And look, I don't. I mean, none of us like seeing somebody get a headshot, and nobody likes yeah, seeing right. that. I'll be I'll be the first one to say that hundred percent, but. Like, I, I can see it, like, on the international in the next decade or so. Like, we're basically – and I, I don't have any kids, so I'll try and tie this all together. I don't have any kids, so I can't really speak for that. But, oh, my buddies have kids, and, and I listen to them. And, you know, body checking has now – because it used to be, like, back in the day, like, peewee or, you know, however old that would be, 11, 12. Now that's backed up, I think, to, like, phantom yeah. or maybe even midget now. So I yeah. think – it's a really good question. I mean, I would like to say, like I said, I, I don't like seeing anybody get hurt and, and headshots. And, and there, you could take the body and be clean about it. Yeah. Where it's going, like, I mean, I could see a world. Like, I hate to say it, but oh, I could God. see a world where it's just. And I, I went a little aggressive on Twitter, but where <laughs> it's basically just the women's rules, where we're just basically rubbing each other out along the boards, and there's no open ice hitting. I, I can't see a world where that happens. I, I mean, it's all, this has been happening for how long yeah. now? A decade at least, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's all kind of a, a trickle down from the NFL concussion thing and, and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, for me, I mean, I do think they're bang on. I mean, the hits from behind, I think are, those, those are, you know, those definitely have to go. That's how somebody, in my opinion, gets really hurt. But now you watch the game and every once in a while, it's almost like guys are, putting themselves not all the time but you'll see it's like what what the hell was that kid doing you basically turn your back to the play when you know somebody's coming the guy gets blasted from behind he's okay but then you know the guy gets a penalty and maybe he's trying to i mean i don't know there's got to be better ways to draw penalties than taking a hit from behind i mean i would yeah head knocked off or right into the boards but yeah i mean i i don't know it's 
I, we were talking about earlier before we started going, and I go to a few games now. I, I live in Calgary, and I, I enjoy going to the games, and I like going as a fan. It's a good time and everything like that. Um, but you, you do get games where it's like you'll have games that are great, and there's high skill, and, and guys get heated up, and, and, and the game is awesome. There's no doubt about it. Then you do get games when, you know, like let's say the puck isn't going in the net, and maybe everything isn't as clean, and but then there's not really any hitting or, or one team's up by a bunch and it's just kind of, you're watching the game. And it's like, man, somebody do something. This thing. But, <laughs> or uh, give me another drink. <laughs> yeah. Or give me another drink. If I had another hand, I'd have three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hammer drinks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you got a new thing going here. You're uh, one of the hosts of, uh, new podcast clearing the crease uh yeah. watched a couple of your episodes saw the 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 real deal timmy peel uh on there with yeah. you guys yeah yeah he was great he was our first guest yeah we just started like i think we've recorded uh four episodes now it's very like my only thing with it was uh bodog kind of approached me um and and andrew raycroft and james sabolski and my only thing i'm like you know what i just want to whatever we do i want to keep it light like i don't need to you know, I mean, I watch the games by watching them as a fan. I'm not going and like, you know, I'm not watching every game and I'm not breaking every, you know, I don't, nobody gives a shit about my like breaking down a game. Like, <laughs> let's pick a couple topics and like, let's have fun with it. We have a couple guests on and, and just kind of more than anything, it, it's quick and light, which, which I kind of like. It's, you know, pick a, maybe if there's something, a hot topic going on or whatever that we can talk about, we'll do that. But um, yeah, it's been good. It's, yeah, it's been easy actually. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, speak your mind a little bit, shoot the shit. I did that's learn a lesson. To do here. I, yeah, yeah, it's just bullshit. I did learn a lesson though. Oh I yeah, in uh, Scottsdale. Oh god, god damn it! I was in Scottsdale. Bottle blonde. I didn't. And bottle blonde. I was in the vicinity. I was around. That yeah, area. yeah. <laughs> and I knew I had to. I had to record at five o'clock. And anyways, long story short, James Neal was in town for this wedding. James was supposed to leave and James and I are kind of boys from the golf course and played against them and stuff like that. And uh, James decides he's just going to stay the week, which is great. I love James, but when James decides to spend the week, I'm like, Oh my God, my cocktail level just went from like, I'm going to take the week off and get shit done to like, now I'm playing. It is full bore for the entire week, but I knew I had to do this recording and I'm like, okay, hey, I'm like, you know, it's Sunday and I'm like, look, we can go out for a little bit if you want, watch a little bit of football and have like kind of an American football Sunday a little bit. But I do have to record this podcast at five o'clock. He's like, yeah, 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 sure. I'm like, seriously, I have to be on at five o'clock. Anyways, at the end of the day, it's my fault, but it comes time to record this podcast and I am shit faced out of my mind. I get the guest on, uh, Scott Gomez comes on, whom I played with in Jersey. Anyway, yeah. long story short, I learned a valuable lesson. So went through this podcast, and the next day, I'm like, I don't remember one word that I said. Like, this is horrifying. And, and part of the deal is is that I have to, like, you know, you have to, like, share stuff, right? Share it on Instagram and, you know, to get some impressions or whatever like that. And I was so horrified. I just would click, like, be a share or collaborator on a post or whatever. I just click it and then close the app. I'm like, I don't even want to listen to myself. This is embarrassing. I think I called the Amer the Oilers an American League team. And uh, oh, oh. Like so I learned a lesson though. Never again. Never again am I doing a Scottsdale Sunday and recording a podcast. Cocktail uh, Sunday. Sunday. 
Oh, oh man. Overserved. Yeah, he's got to Overserved. It wasn't your fault. You're overserved. That's, that's what my dad always yeah. tells me. I was overserved. <laughs> Sounds like um, you're old man to get along just fine. Yeah, I think I think you would actually. Um, so uh, getting back to to you a little bit, um, you, you had an interesting path, like um, from your junior, from playing junior in your hometown there, and and getting into college. I remember uh, reading about that. Um, like, how how did that go for you? Like, as far as um, <clears throat> you're playing, like you weren't playing major junior, right? You were nope. playing in your hometown. Yeah, and schools yeah, so I, schools started to come see you. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was completely by accident. Um, my my, I didn't even really have a plan. Like I, I mean, I played hockey. Like I was never like, I mean, I was all right. Don't get me wrong, but by no stretch when I was younger was I like the best player on the ice or anything like that. And I just liked playing. I mean, Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta, it's colder than hell, and so <laughs> that was kind of what you did. And I, and I liked playing and I liked competing and. I ended up getting drafted by the Tacoma Rockets in the WHL back in the day. And then they moved to Kelowna. Um, okay. So I ended up going to camp there. Like when I was uh, 16, I was kind of on the bubble. And then when I was 17 years old, my grade 12 year, um, I was on the team and, and I wanted to stay, um, you know, and, and I'd gone to watch like back in the day, you know, I'd go watch like the Red Deer Rebels and go to Swift Current. So my parents are from Saskatchewan. So we go watch some games and, so I'm like, yeah, that you know, that would be really cool to play in the in the dub or whatever. And uh, so that was my plan. But my parent parents were both uh, educators. My my dad was a speech pathologist. My mother was a math teacher and a high school principal. She was my high school principal, actually. Oh, wow. So my mother now it's different now, but my mother back in the day would get like, you know, I, I don't want to say horror stories, but like here's a great example: Ray Whitney, who is from Fort Saskatchewan. He's my boy. He's older than I am, but you know, Ray went and played for the Spokane Chiefs, and he would come back and like his and he went to school and everything. But like his his credits didn't transfer. So my mom, if you ever have Ray on, ask him about Mrs. Commodore. He might he might blow a fucking gasket. <laughs> so my mom ended up like failing him when he came back to Fort Saskatchewan because she looked at the curriculum and she's like, Ray, like you know this. The stuff you're doing in grade 12 in Spokane is what we do in grade 10 or 11 here. Like, I can't graduate you. So I think back in the day, Ray and his parents would have been really pissed at my mom. Now it doesn't matter. Everything's all good. But yeah. so she would get like the, the horror or guys like not going to class. And so they just wanted me to graduate from high school. So my mother was like, you're not you're not going to stay there and play. You're coming back. If you're good enough to make the Kelowna Rockets, you should be good enough to make the Fort Saskatchewan Traders in the Alberta League. So finish high school, then do whatever you want. So that was my plan. I was going to, I'm like, okay, so play for the traders, finish high school. And then I was going to go play in Kelowna. Um, and long story short, I, you know, this was like a month into to, to the season uh, playing for the traders. And uh, I, remember, I still remember this day. I'm, I don't know a fucking thing about college hockey. Like I couldn't name one team. I'd never seen a game. I don't know what the NCAA is. I, I have absolutely no clue. And I'm sitting down after practice in the in the room, and our head coach comes in, Doug Shum, and he's like, uh, "Hey, Mike." He's like, "BU's upstairs. They want to talk to you. You need to get upstairs right now." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." I'm like, "BU? What the fuck is BU? I have no clue." <laughs> so I go upstairs, and there's a guy sitting there, and I sit down. He's like, "Hey, Mike. You know, nice to meet you." I'm like, "Hey, how you doing?" He's like, "Well, yeah. You know, you ever think about playing college hockey?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. I think about playing college hockey all the time. I have no idea." 
I still don't, I have no clue what BU is. So then he hands me like one of the little programs or whatever. So I look at it and I'm like, oh, BU, Boston University. I'm like, oh, okay. And so anyway, just kind of bullshit my way through the little meeting. There's, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we're interested. You know, how are your grades? I'm like, well, my mom's the principal. So I'm always at school. I'm like, my grades are pretty good, I think. I'm like, I'm like the B student. He's like, okay, that's good. And anyways, once one school comes, it seems like, at least in my experience, like more came. Um, so met with a few other teams and then North Dakota came and so they come in and they're like, Hey, look, we'd like to have you on a fly down. I'm like, what's that? They're like, well, we fly you in and you watch a weekend series and, and then you come home. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, you know, let me ask my parents and see when they're free. They're like, no, 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 your parents aren't coming. It's just you. I'm like, I got a trip uh, like by myself. They're like, yeah. And so I'm obviously I'm all in, I'm 17 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go, that sounds great. I get out of the house. So fly down to North Dakota. And North Dakota was, you know, they have a new rink now. And the new rink's amazing. But back then, it was like a smaller barn. It was like 6,500 people, maybe. And so I went to the game with zero expectations, went to the weekend series. And the place was packed. And, you know, it's universe. I'm 17 years old. It's university. It seemed like half of the building was girls. And to me, it seemed yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> everybody's hot and everybody's into the game the game was great people are fired up they're crushing beers and i'm like fuck the whl i'm going to school so that's how i ended up you know a couple days later they offered me like a little bit of a scholarship and i'm like yeah you know i never really thought about you know professional hockey i'm to me i was i went to college i'm like you know, I, I get to play for a few more years and get an education of some kind, whatever I decide to do or whatever. And, and that was, that was why I ended up going to college. And, um, yeah, I've always, I've thought about it. It's actually, you know, you guys are in Philly, my head coach, uh, the, the same guy who, you know, my head coach of the traders, you know, I, I ran into him like a couple of years later, this is back in the day. And he's like, you enjoy, I was at North Dakota at the time. He's like, are you enjoying North Dakota? I go, yeah, no, it's great. Our team's good. I'm having a good time. Yeah, for sure. And I think I had been drafted at that point. I was going into my third, my last year, what ended up being my last year at North Dakota. And he's like, hey, he goes, you know what? He's like, if you would have went to major junior, I think you would have been a first round pick of the Flyers. Now, I don't know if any of this is true at all. Wow. I, I, have, I have no clue. But he had some buddies in the Flyers organization. And I always remembered that. So it's like, I had a great time at college, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, back then, I think I was looked at when I went there as, well, what's he going to college for, right? There's no fighting and, you know, is he soft or, or whatever? You know, I think that was kind of a conversation point, but he, he did tell, I'll never forget that. He was like, you would have went to major junior and, you know, and if everything would have went well, he's like, the Flyers were going to take you real early. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. maybe I should have went to Major Juke. <laughs> yeah, right? Signed the big ticket. Oh, man. But you were able to carry over your physical brand from, from the AJ into into college, right? I mean, you're still getting 150-plus uh, PIMS a year. You know, obviously, there's no fighting, but, you know, you're obviously a physical guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I tried to uh, – I mean, I was getting – that was actually probably the major reason why I ended up leaving was – I would try and get into, and I wasn't the toughest guy in the world, but I also realized I'm like, I'm six foot four, 225 pounds. And, you know, I'm not an offensive guy. Like I do need to show that. And I enjoy doing like, I enjoyed being like physical, taking the body and stuff like that. So I tried to get in like 
you could get in one fight a year there, and then you would only get suspended one game. So every year I tried to just just get in one. If you got in two, <laughs> it was like a three game suspension. So I'm like, you know, once a year I should try, and and it'll be good for me because if I do well, I'll get a little bit more space out here. Which yeah, right. Street cred. Great with the ball. Yeah, a little street cred. So uh, <laughs> my first year, I ended up getting in. Uh, uh, the first year wasn't even really a fight. I it was. I ended up kind of banging some guy's head off off the ice from St. Cloud, but they gave me a fighting major. And then in my second year, my draft year, I ended up getting into it with a guy from Wisconsin. Um, I did. I did well for sure, um, and that that would kind of boosted me a little bit too. But it actually ended up. It was actually a major. I wanted to go back. You know, I was lucky enough where we we won the national championship my third year. And I, but I wanted to go back for my fourth year. I'm like, everybody's coming back. We were going to be really good again. So I'm like, I wanted to come back. But it got to the point where, like, I was getting penalties. It was like the guy from Team Canada the other night. Like, I would get a pen. Like, I get. I was getting penalties for like, honest to God, clean, Touching just guy. like. Yeah, just like not even like a hard hit. It was for sure like a roughing penalty or boarding or something like that. So it got to the point where I'm like, I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try and do something in hockey, it's probably time for me to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just too strong, yeah. too powerful, too strong. <laughs> I couldn't. I was the weakest guy in the weight room, but for some reason, <laughs> I got my sleeve going. I catch guys with their heads down, but. Yeah, it was a great time. I mean, I can't say enough good things about North Dakota. I I had a hell of a time. You know, we were the year that I got there. Um, so they ended up. I committed in the spring of 1997, and I actually the first college game that I watched was North Dakota. Well, on TV, they had North Dakota was playing. I think they were. They might have been playing BU in the final. Anyways, North Dakota ended up winning the national title in 1997, and then. So I'm watching this game like, wow, I'm like, we should have a pretty good team here. I don't think there's a whole lot of people like leaving. And so I'm like, you know, ice time is going to be a challenge for sure. And it definitely was my first year. Like I was, I dressed for almost every game, but like we had a really good team and I was very young. Um, And then I was sitting there watching TV. So this would have been like maybe a week after the finals. We're in the spring 1997. And uh, I was just kind of flipping through the TV and I flip through and get to like CNN or Fox or something like that news channel. And it's like an aerial shot of a downtown of a city. It's on fire and it's flooded, like flooded, flooded. And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh man, that would suck to live there. Right after that goes through my head in the bottom left-hand corner, Grand Forks, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm like, I'm moving there in three months. Fuck am I going? So they had the, rather you're from Winnipeg, they had like the 100 year flood and North Dakota. So when I got there, it was like, there was one bar, everything else was like, I mean, it was made, like the university was fine because it was far enough away from the river, but like the, the city was destroyed. And like I said, there was like, I mean, by the time I left, you know, it had got, got going again, but. Yeah, it was, it was my first oh, year in college. Man. I was like, "Oh, dude, we were like college parties in basements, and it's just like, <laughs> like, man, somebody's gonna get sick in here. This is fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's gonna get <laughs> sick in here. <laughs> Maybe a built character. I don't know. It all worked. Yeah, out. I'm sure it did. Oh man, that's great. So, so you're talking about <clears throat> you get drafted in the second round by um, New Jersey. I had a question about. Uh, working under Lou Lamorello. 
Like everybody knows Lou, you know, uh, he's a strict yeah. guy. Did So when you get there, do you get called in by Lou and he lays rules down or do you just learn as you go? You learn as you go. There was never like called in, but it would like, so back then it was like, you know, training car, training camp, sorry, starts like middle of September. But in New Jersey, unless you were like, you know, a, a veteran guy with, you know, unless you're Scott Stevens or Ken Danico, you are, camp starts August 1st. We got a six week training camp of doing like two a day. So I decided to wow. sign in July. I'm like, they're like, yeah, uh, you know, you don't, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, you don't have to come, but good luck making any team in this organization if you don't come. So it showed up there in like August 1st, you know, heard all the stories about Lou. He would kind of, he just kind of moseyed around every once in a while. Everybody, I was amazed, especially looking back now, like guys were horrified of Lou Lamarillo, like legitimately scared of him. Scared. Wow. And, you know, and and in two, so that was the summer of 2000, New Jersey had just won the Stanley Cup. And my workout group I was in with, this didn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I didn't really agree with this. We come to camp, and so there'd be basically like all the all the guys in the organization, the guys that played for the, the Albany River Rats and in the East Coast League, and some draft picks that were turning pro, like like myself. And they like we're staying in the Turtle Brook Inn across the street, and <laughs> dumb that was too. Turtle Brook. <laughs> oh my God! Literally a motel. Like if you wanted to go out, you had to jump off the balcony to go out because Lou had like spies all over the hotel. If you like, I heard that. Oh yeah, you'd have to like. Legitimately, I would, you know, if it was the weekend and yeah, we're going to go out and have a beer or whatever. You'd have to, I would back my truck up. So it was a two level <laughs> hotel and you'd have a balcony out the, out the side. The only way in or out was like there was the fire alarm on the back door or walking by the front desk. If you walk by the front desk, you might as well call Lou and be like, hey, yes, I'm going for beers. You might as well just let him know. So I would back my truck up to the balcony. And then in order to get out, we would jump over the balcony onto the back of my truck, and then we would go wherever we wanted. We didn't have to sneak out. Was um, Gomer with you? Was Gomer with you when this happened? Scotty Gomez? Oh, yeah. He yeah. told me this story. Gomer told me that. He told me you oh, guys yeah. used to jump uh, onto a truck. That's unbelievable. Yeah, we'd have to jump on the truck to, to like go out and have a beer. Uh, otherwise, we're, you know, Lou knew everything. But it was amazing to me, like my workout group, they split us in like two groups, which it w- was weird for me. So I'm like, you know, a second round pick is, is definitely a, like a higher draft pick. And then they would like, so they, you know, say there was 50 guys there. They'd have, you know, 40 guys all working out together with the New Jersey strength coach, like the, the guy that's actually the strength coach. And then they would have another group and I was in that other group. So it was like, it was me. Scott Gomez, who just won the Rookie of the Year and a Stanley Cup. Colin White was there for the entire thing. Oh, wow. We had, like, Pierre Dagenet, um, and a, it was, like, a group of us that worked out with Vladdy Burry, Pavel Burry's dad. So they, like, split us up, which I get back to the hotel, you know, and so our group was like, oh, yeah, you guys are the hot prospects. So I would come back to the hotel, and these guys that I'm hanging out with, like, Gomez and White, they, you know, they had places in Jersey. I was at the hotel. I get back to the hotel, and these guys at first were like ripping on me, you know, because they're like, "Oh, this, you know, the special ones here, this and that." And I'm like, hey, <laughs> "What do you want me to do?" I'm like, "I just, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not making the fucking rules here." I'm like, "I like hanging out with you guys." So Lou, I guess I kind of got sidetracked a little bit. 
it was amazing, like how scared people were of Lou. There's a, I mean, I, I'm the last, I'm not sitting here questioning Lou. Lou has been very successful. He's done this forever, but he did do some things where like, I'm just like, I don't really get what the game plan is here, but guys were horrified of him. Like, I think actually kind of a funny story. So that was my first summer. And then I was up and down my first year. And then my second year, no, it was that year. Sorry. So the next year, New Jersey ended up going to the Stanley Cup finals and they lost to Ray Bork in Colorado in 2001. I'm a black ace. So there's like 10 of us that are black aces. And like now I hear stories about guys being black aces. They're with the team. We're going golfing. I'm like, that was not my experience as a fucking black ace. We was like, there was like 10 of us and we're at the Turtlebrook Inn. And Lou's like, yeah, yeah, you guys are part of the team. I'm like, yeah, part of the team, my ass. So let's say if the, team, the team practices at like 11 o'clock. We would, he would make sure that the 10 of us, we would just skate on our own. And we'd have like, you know, one of the, one of the Albany coaches or something skating us. And we were packed up and he wanted us out of the arena before any of the like players, New Jersey guys showed up. I'm like, part of the team. I'm like, this is bullshit. It looks like we're, like, we're lepers or something. <laughs> but I think the last time Lou Lamarillo, unless he's been on the ice in the last 20 years, we end up, Carol, uh, I think New, New Jersey had just won. They were going on the road for like, uh, I think they might have been playing Carolina or something like that. And so they were on the road. It was like a game seven, I think, or something like that. And so, you know, we've been sitting there for six weeks. We've been practicing every day. Like, like legitimately, there was not a day off. And these skates were fucking hard. There was nobody on the ice. So it was like, there was no rest. And it was, con I mean, it was hard work. And we're like getting at each other's throats now. Like guys are getting pissed off. And so the team goes on the road. And so we don't have, they actually gave us a day off. And so I remember calling Bobby Carpenter. I'm like, Hey, Bob, I'm like, you know, we got a day off here. I'm like, and we had a couple of French guys. And they're like, and so I asked Bob, I go, I'm like, Bob, do you mind if we go to Montreal? A couple of these guys want to go to Montreal. Like, we'll be back in a couple of days. He's like, yeah, shit, go ahead. I would if I were you. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I'm like, fellas, I'm like, we can go to Montreal. Everybody is fired up. We jump in the cars, drive up to Montreal, go out for a night. We're supposed to be there for two nights. So we go out for a night. I think Carolina or Jersey ended up winning the game or whatever it was that night, but we're supposed to have a day off six in the morning. My cell phone is ringing and ringing. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, we were out all night. I'm like, it's Bob Carpenter. I'm like, yeah, Bob, what's up? He's like, where the fuck are you? I go, well, I'm in Montreal. He's like, what are you doing there? I go, what do you mean? What am I doing here? I just called you 24 hours ago and asked. He goes, hey, he goes, Lou heard you guys are out of town. You guys are in deep trouble. You got you to get back here now. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, you got to get back here right, right now. I'm like, holy fuck. So I'm calling all the guys. I get picked up on the side of the road. We drive like 95 miles an hour. It was, we went from Montreal to Jersey. We must have set some kind of speed record. Get in there, straight to a meeting with Lou. Lou's oh, sitting in there just staring at us. I'm like, everybody is nervous. I'm like, oh, he's like, what were you guys doing? I'm like, well, we went, and I didn't want to bury Bob. And, you know, Bob threw us under the bus. He told us to go, but I didn't want to, like, bury I'm like, well, you know, Lou, we, 
we thought it'd be, you know, you guys were on the road and we had a day off. So we just went up to Montreal, you know, a couple guys are from there. He's like, we got practice, go put your shit on. So we go put our shit on. Lou Lamarillo comes out, puts skates on. Lou, oh, I mean, Lou's what, no. eight years old now? Put skates yeah. on. He's got the old leather skates with the, like the blade holders are clear. Oh, I've never right. seen that before. Like, oh my, <laughs> so he's out, he can, I mean, he can't really skate. He's standing on the ice and we had a fucking practice where it was like, he two-handed me. We were, we weren't throwing punches, but like one of the drills was like, drop your gloves and it was basically like wrestling match and throw the guy to the ground. It was like the most, I'm like, this is, and now guys are right. We're, we're all horrified Lou. He's screaming at us. I could tell he does not like me. He's waiting for me to take like one half-ass stride and he's going to start screaming at me. Sure shit, I do. He flashes me. He's like, pick up that pace. I'm like, holy fuck. That's got to be, oh, he was he, intimidating. There is no question about I, it. That little fucker I, was intimidating. I had a, a couple of guys that I worked with. Um, one guy worked with me and then he went to Jersey. And uh, yeah. it was so funny because we were playing at the time I was with the Phantoms and we were playing Albany in the old building in the uh, Continental Airlines Arena or whatever it was called. And this kid that worked for me that I'd known for years, he's filling water bottles up for the game. And I go out and I'm like, Louie, and I give him a hug. And he's like looking down at the bottle. He's like kind of nudging me off and he's filling the water bottles up. And I'm like, what's up, dude? He goes, Nothing but I'll, I'll come in the back and see. I'm like, what the fuck? Can you not look at me? He goes, Lou's standing over there. He couldn't even turn and take. He was so afraid to talk to the other team. Oh, but but the best is, I have to tell you this. Um, so they're in the playoffs, and uh, Patrick Eliash is like, calls Louie over. He's one of the equipment guys. He's like, dude, I'm starving. Can you run to the uh, cafeteria, whatever they call it, where the, the media meal is, and grab yeah. me like, you know, a sandwich, ham sandwich or something, just bread and some meat. So, first of all, the trainers aren't allowed to go in there and eat at this time. I don't know if they are now. So, Louie goes to the medical guy who is kind of in charge of all the trainers. He's like, Billy, uh, Patty wants me to go get him a set. He goes, go ahead. So, he's like, and they always talked in code. They would never say Lou's name. They always do the double L with their hands because they're like, it's like uh, Mr. Deeds, the fucking, the butler, like they turn around and he's there. Like, you're underestimating my sneakiness. So, so they're fucking... He's like, I'm like, Jesus, I'm, something's got to happen. So he, he goes in, he grabs two rolls, they throw some ham on it. He's like, I'm walking out, I run chest to chest, Lou Lamarillo. And he goes, I put my head down and I keep walking. He's like, two minutes later, I get called into the medical room, and uh, Lou's standing there and he's talking to the medical This is before a playoff game. Like, are you really worried like about that? Like, And, I, and like, I respect Lou Lamarillo, like you said, like, this guy's sure. he knows what he's doing but these are the little things he says to him, this is what killed me he uh he's standing there and he goes he goes lou uh lou i told louie he could go grab uh a couple rolls for patrick he he asked for some food because he's hungry he goes so he went and grabbed him a couple rolls he goes billy there was meat on that plate he goes billy there was meat on that plate oh and he's like God. holy it's fuck man but i was just like i laughed so hard when i heard that story i'm like oh man. oh man it's crazy that's why i asked you like how it was you just i guess you learn as you go right 
Sorry for the quick break. Just a quick shout out to our sponsor, DLI Commercial, a premier commercial construction and building maintenance company offering support at every phase. Thank you for your support. Check them out at DLI Commercial for all your construction needs. Back to the show. So <laughs> Willie told me this story my, uh, when, I, when I got to Jersey. So my last year of college, it's 99-2000. Willie Mitchell, I think, was a, a rookie up and down. And so he's a black ace. So he's doing what I ended up doing a year later. So he, him and the guys, they're staying at the Turtle Brook Inn. They're a black ace. The New Jersey Devils go right to the final. I think they played, maybe it was Dallas in the final or something like that. Anyways, they win the Stanley Cup. New Jersey wins. These poor black aces have been sitting in the Turtle Brook Inn for two and a half months, getting skated every goddamn day, treated like, anyways, they put the work in. They're done. They win the Stanley Cup. Lou has them all into the office. Season's over. So they come in and Lou's like, hey, guys, hey, congratulations. And meanwhile, these guys haven't been anywhere fucking close to the team. But he's like, hey, guys, congratulations. You guys worked really hard. I really appreciate it. I got a gift for you guys. So he hands them each a bag inside the bag. The, the fucking Devils just won the 2000 Stanley Cup. Hands each one of them a bag. They open it up, look in there. Lou's gift as a thank you was an Eastern Conference Champions T-shirt for each one of them. <laughs> Not even a like Stanley Cup. <laughs> Eastern Conference Champions. I'm like, when you told me this, I'm like, come on. We didn't even give you a Stanley Cup T-shirt? Nope. Eastern oh, Conference my. Champions. <laughs> Oh, you gotta That's save those. You gotta save those ones because you gotta sell those ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Willie told it to me. It was right away when I got there, and I'm like, "Come on!" And for whatever reason, that that stuck with me because I thought that was the fucking funny. You just sat there and got bag skated every day for two and a half months. For a t-shirt. Here's gone. your fucking Eastern Conference <laughs> Champions T-shirt. <laughs> did they let Did they let you guys come to the games when you were the Black Aces at home? Did you Did you get to go yeah, to the we, games? We got to go to the games. Yep, yeah. we were we were sitting up. We had like a little section up with the press, so we were allowed to oh, come man. to the games. Yeah, and that was it. But then we didn't go on the road, but we still got skated all the time. I mean, it was. Like I said, Jeez. when I hear stories now about like Black Aces, it's like, yeah, we went golfing. And we're, you know, a couple of us were skating with the team. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, we're riding, we're going on the road. We're, you know, playing golf on the road. This is the greatest time ever. I'm like, fuck me. Is that different from my experience with Black Aces? That's for sure. There was no fucking golfing. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. Well, so, so you end up in Calgary. Uh, you get dealt kind of near the deadline, right? And that went really well for you. Right? You had it. That was a great run there. Yeah, yeah. Calgary to this day, every time I see him. So the general manager back then was Craig Button, who's now on TV up here in Canada, and he lives in Calgary. Every time I see, he's getting sick of it now. It's been fucking twenty years. But every time <laughs> I see Craig, I make a point. I'm like, Hey, Craig, I just want to thank you again for trading for me. He's like. Mike, it's been 20 fucking years. You're welcome. Again, you're welcome. I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure you know. Thank you. So I was in, uh, it was my first run in with my, with my boy Babcock when he was in Anaheim. I got traded from New Jersey to Anaheim and then Babs wanted nothing to do with me. So I was in Cincinnati. And the reason why I thank Craig is like things were not looking good for me, like at all. 
it was a fucking disaster with Mike Babcock. And I was sitting in Cincinnati playing for the Mighty Ducks. And I'm like, I am fucked in this organization. Like, there's this could be the fucking end of the road here if I don't find a way out of here. And I remember we were on a bus trip. Um, we were up, we are doing like Milwaukee, Chicago, and maybe Cleveland or something like that. And it was the trade deadline. And so we we're on the bus. I think we were going through Chicago or something like that. So I call my agent. And I'm like, hey, tell me, like, is, is anything going on? He's like, no. He goes, I, I don't think you're going anywhere. I'm like, fuck. Hang up the phone. Two minutes later, Nick Smith, the guy I played with, he's sitting in front of me, turns around. He's like, hey, congratulations, Mike. Goes, well, congratulations. I'm like, for what? He's like, you just got traded. I go, what the fuck? I just got off the phone with my agent. He's like, yeah, man, you just got traded. I think you're going to Calgary. So they dropped me off at the airport. Literally, I've got my Mighty Ducks tracksuit. I've got one suit that's rammed in my bag. Like I'm planning on being out of Cincinnati <laughs> for like four days. So I end up getting on the plane, fly to meet uh, the St. John Flames. We I did like a seven game road trip with them and then up to Calgary. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, finished the year in Calgary. I'm not even really sure why they called me up. They were, that was in 0203. They weren't very good. So, but played the last six games in Calgary and then, and then went from there. But yeah, like it was, Calgary was definitely, that was a big, I mean, I had to, you know, I was far from perfect too. And I had to clean up some things in my own personal life and start taking things a little bit more seriously for sure. But that was kind of the start of, of me kind of getting my shit together and going from there for sure. And then, yeah, the I, four run, it was, yeah. was awesome in Calgary. Like it was crazy. I mean, I was in the minors for the first half of the year, got called up. Um, I got hit from behind Petrovicki. I blew my shoulder out. So I was out for like, six weeks or something like that. And then came back and played the last few games. And, you know, it had been the first time since Calgary had made the playoffs in like maybe since like 96 or 97. So it had been like seven or eight years. Everybody in Calgary was just like, they were just excited that we made the playoffs. And, you know, they were playing Vancouver. So we're playing, you know, Nasland and Morrison and Bertuzzi. They were supposed to be good. They were like the two or three seed, whatever it was. And yeah, the expectations were zero here, but we had like, that was by far for me. And on all, I mean, I ended up playing for a shitload of teams because I got traded or moved all the time. That was by far the toughest team I had ever played for. Like we had, you know, Chris Simon, who was one of the scariest yeah. fucking guys ever, <laughs> in my opinion. The size of on him, eh, Kami? Oh, my God. The first time I met him, I'm like, hey, Chris. I'm like, he's a you know, deep voice. Hey, Mike. Yeah. I ended up hanging out with Chris. Cause he was in the hotel just like I was, I was in the hotel for like seven months. And so, you know, Chris and I ended up hanging out all the time. And I'll never forget after one of the first, you know, playoff games, my parents lived in Edmonton at the time and they come down for the home games. So I'd have them underneath after, and, Hey, how you guys, you know, what's going on. And so the one time I had my parents down and my dad's not a small guy. He's like, you know, six foot three, whatever. And Chris was walking by. So I'm like, Hey, Chris, you know, you might meet my parents. He's like, yeah, of course. So he's like, Hey, how you doing? Mr. Commodore, this and that. And my dad, after he walked away, he's like, Jesus Christ, that guy's got fucking huge hands on him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm real glad he's playing for my team. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking scary. Oh my God. He is he was a killer. But and Olawa, we just had a really tough team. We played hard. We had like, you know, Kippersoff was obviously unbelievable goalie. We had a we had a great yeah. goaltending and we had one superstar in Jerome McGinley. And, you know, we had other good players too, but, but we were, 
we were a hard team to play against. Like it was, it was not very much fun playing against that team because we played hard and we were fucking tough. Like we could play any way you wanted to. Um, so that was, yeah, that was fun. Like, I mean, it, I just went to the game last night, the Oilers Flames, and like it's like literally there won't be when whenever I go to games. I mean, ten minutes doesn't go by where somebody doesn't come up and be like, man. 2004 god that was great i'm like yeah thank you. they're like oh you were great in 2004 this and that i'm like yeah i mean i really didn't play a whole lot to be brutally honest like kind of people th that run was so memorable where most of the fans here think that i played for calgary for like five years i, I said that i said that i felt like you played there so much longer than you did 18 games <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll bring it Legendary up. Legendary like, games. Those, those are the you made an impact in my life. They're like, what? Eighteen games? I'm like, well, I played eighteen regular season games here, and then I played twenty in the playoffs. They're like, come on. I'm like, I swear to God, look it up. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, people, people don't forget. That's for sure. Yeah, that's it's a different animal too in the playoffs in Canada. You know, like it is, it gets it gets hype here, like. You know, obviously, we're going to get to Carolina where you were in the Stanley Cup. And I'm from Greensboro, which is about an hour from Raleigh. Um, yep. And it's, it's, they, they tailgate, you know, and they get to the playoffs, there's tailgates. It's like a football game's going on. But, but Calgary, you know, in the playoffs or, or in, in any Canadian city, yeah. it's like ramped up even more, which I oh, think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Like, even like just like the little things. Like, I remember I had like a, Somebody uh, a dealership gave me a little Honda Accord or something to drive around because, like, I didn't really live here when this was going on. I like I said, I was in the hotel for seven months, and like I would drive by, you know, as you know, Vancouver was like, hey, you know, and we beat Vancouver. Everybody's like, wow, that's amazing. Then next up is Detroit, and everybody's like, well, you know, Detroit had won the President's Cup, loaded with Hall of Famers. And everybody's like, oh, that was fun. The party's over now. I mean, you guys are playing Detroit. Somehow we managed to beat well, Mika Kiprasov. We beat Detroit, and then. That was kind of when everything went from like, oh, to like, holy fuck, these guys actually, I mean, if you can beat Detroit, you can beat anybody. So then it really got ramped up. So I remember like, whenever I would go, you know, drive to the games or whatever, get there a couple hours early, and I always drive by this one bar that was kind of right down the street from the saddle dome. And I'd, I'd leave early so I could do a couple laps around the block and go by a few times because there'd be a bunch of women people outside just getting after it and they'd all be screaming my name i was like i'm the man turn the sirens on yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it was so much fun it was great it was, it was a really good time for sure that's that was awesome the introduction to the the red afro and the big red beard too in calgary yeah that was it yeah yeah that was yeah for sure yeah like i always that started when i was in uh in north dakota uh long story okay. short uh, yeah, but so like my third or no, my second year there, me and Jeff Ulmer, who he's now an assistant coach for the Abbotsford Canucks, <clears throat> he was a couple years in front of me and we would get report cards in college where it'd be like, so after a weekend series, you either got a one, a two or a three. I think if you were a one, you had a good weekend, a two, you were okay. Three, you were dog shit. And so we're like, Hey, let's just grow our hair out until we get threes. I'm like, okay, yeah, so let's do it. So I grew my hair out or whatever, and we didn't end up getting a three until too late in the year where it was like, well, fuck, I'm not cutting my hair now. I'm coming this far. <laughs> fuck it. We'll just keep it going. <laughs> but I could tell like it was kind of popular with like when I was in school. So every year I would, well, ex except when I was with Lou, Lou didn't, wouldn't have any of that. I, had to cut I was going to say, yeah. 
Oh, Lou was first time I got called up. I had a little bit longer hair, like not super long. It was December, I think, right before Christmas. And I got called up from Albany or maybe it was in November. It doesn't matter. But my hair was a little bit longer. And so Lou has me in the office. And he's like, hey, Mike, congratulations. I'm like, thanks, Lou. I really appreciate it. I was playing, I think, the next night or something like that. It's like, you're in the lineup. But he's like, uh, there's only one way you're getting in that lineup. I'm like, what's that? He goes, you're going to the barber right now and you're cutting your hair. I'm like, okay, sounds good, Lou. And so straight to the barber, shaved my head, and I was in the lineup the next night. He had one, nothing to do with that. But, but yeah, the, the long hair here in Calgary kind of took off. And Carolina, too. It was just kind of a fun yeah. thing. You know, the only time people paid attention was when we ended up going to the finals. I was fortunate enough to be part of two of those teams. And, uh, yeah, it worked out. Like, here, ended up cutting my hair um, at the end of the playoffs. Uh, actually, at the high school that I grew up just outside of Edmonton, which is three hours north of here. And so, I, you know, did a charity cut at the high school that I went to school at or whatever and donated the money. Gillette, like, the Mach 3 had just come out. So they, like, oh, sponsored yeah. it. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it actually, so it ended up working out all, all the way around for sure. Amazing. Well, you thought you, you mentioned uh, Carolina and Nassie brought it up. I mean, you, you, you transitioned, for, you got traded to Carolina from Calgary. And then yep. obviously you have a nice nice run there, some success, Stanley Cup, the whole bit. I mean, talk about your time there. Seems pretty productive. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that was definitely, that was, those were my glory years for sure. Um, ended up getting traded there. So after we went to the finals in 04, my contract was up and I, I signed a, well, a two year one way contract. So I was pumped. I'm like, yes, I'm like I've made it. Now I got to, <laughs> but I've made it. So I'm like, I'm done with the American league. I'm getting paid a little bit of money. I forget what league minimum was back then, like 550, maybe 600, something like that. And I'm like, I'm excited and come here for a tournament. I was living in Calgary. And, and training and shit here you know we go do our golf tournament here for the flames before it starts i'll never forget you know i think that like you know lockout i'm like what the fuck is a lockout i'm like no nah, no hockey i'm like we gotta play hockey so i'm at this tournament i'm playing golf with these guys we tee off they're like hey mike you want to drink you guys aren't you guys aren't starting tomorrow anyway training camp testing's the next day i'm like no i go guys i appreciate it but i'm like no drinks for me. I'm like, well, you know, I got, I got camp tomorrow. They're like, really? I'm like, well, I think so. Anyways, after on the third hole, there was like a Bacardi tent. Uh, Bacardi had like a stand and they were handing out drinks. So we Look pull up, up half, half the fucking team is there just crushing rum. <laughs> I remember Rep, Rep Warner, who's a great dude, funnier than hell, who's a good player. And Rep's like, get a drink in you. We don't have camp tomorrow. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, we're not playing. But anyways, that was the funnest golf tournament. And I got shit faced. It was great. But <laughs> so I'm like, I finally think I've made it. I'm like, I'm excited. You know, we just went to the finals, you know, teams should be pretty good. Hopefully again, lockout back to the minors. I'm like, fuck, I can't stay out <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. But it ended up looking back. It was the greatest thing that happened in my career. So I ended up going down and, and Carolina and Calgary split a farm team in Lowell that year. And I went yeah. down and I got to play a ton. I, I mean, I was playing 20, 25 minutes a night and I had a good year for myself. And that's how I ended up getting traded to Carolina. When I did get traded to Carolina, I got traded on the draft day, I think. You know, I, I was like, oh, fuck. At first, I was a little bit disappointed because I'm like, you know, Carolina was terrible in 2004. 
you know, Calgary was pretty good. But then I sat there and looked at it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to really play in Calgary anyways. We got like eight or nine guys on one-way contract. Dion Phaneuf was coming up. He's obviously going to play. So I'm oh, like, yeah. right? And I remember, yeah. And so I wasn't really, I mean, I would have been up and down again for sure. And uh, Carolina was supposed to finish like, you know, it's preseason. I think we were picked to finish like, 28 out of 30 teams or whatever. We were supposed to be terrible. And so I'm like, oh, man. This, and I didn't know much about him or whatever. But like I said, we just had a really good team. We, I think the reason, the main reason I think why we had so much success is I think we were the Jim Rutherford, the general manager. I think he was like, I mean, obviously a lot of luck went into it too. But I think we were probably the quickest team to adjust to the new rules. I would say that was probably why we were, you know, there was no more hooking and holding. There was a little bit more emphasis on, you know, skating and then, you know, scoring some goals. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't scoring any goals, but, you know, we had a, we had a forward group where, I mean, we had 20, 30 goal scorers on the third line. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was just, I mean, I think maybe that year, I think we lost three games in a row, like maybe one time that was, and I think that was towards the end of the year. Um, but yeah, we, we had a good team, um, could score goals, kind of a no name defense would be probably pretty fair to say. And then Cam Ward, it was kind of his coming out party. He lit it up. In the yeah. Center with the like, Cam Ward was amazing. Yeah. I mean, people forget about Martin Gerber, like Cam Ward wasn't our starting goalie, like the entire year. He was the backup. He, you know, he played a, a decent amount, but I mean, Martin Gerber had like 35 or 40 wins or something like yeah, that. That's like, right, Martin yeah. Gerber. Yeah, and then he ended up getting sick in the first round. Uh, we went down two nothing to to Montreal. We lost the first two games in Carolina. Oh, that's in the right. First round. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We were, and it was like, holy fuck! I'm like, come on. We just had a great year. We can't. I don't want to go <laughs> like this. And Laviolette made the switch to Cam, and Martin ended up playing a game or two, like coming in, maybe one against Buffalo, and maybe another one somewhere. But uh, yeah, we we just we had a really we were a good team for sure. For sure. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I, I was, I was pulling hard for you guys because of, uh, uh, Roddy Brendamore had been here and, you know, he yeah. got traded from Philly and he was, everyone loved Roddy. He was so good to me as a player, but, yeah. uh, quickly going back to that lockout year, uh, we played, we were Riley's on the Phantoms that year. We ended up winning the cup, yeah. uh, that year with the Phantoms, but I, I was looking at your, I yeah, I was looking at the roster, man. You, dude, like all the teams were good. It was probably the best league, you know, in, going in the world at this point. I mean, like even your team, you had Cam Ward, you had Eric Stahl, Chuck uh, Kobasu, uh, Colin Forbes, Chad LaRose. You had Gio, Mike yeah. Giordano was on that team. Uh, Bruno yeah, St. Jocks, I named those. Uh, really? He barely played, eh? Gio? Gio, yeah. Gio tells kind of wow. a funny story. when So when he, he was undrafted, and Calgary signed him. And so Gio was in the minors. And I, I remember like it was yesterday. He was a little bit like, he was a little chunky when he first came out of junior. And he was he, like, he was a scratch. And I remember like in practice, I was like, man, I'm like I'm watching him. And I'm like, man, the guy's got pretty good hands. And like, he had a little grit to him. And I'm like, he could get her. I'm like, fuck, I think this guy's like pretty decent. And he ended up getting his break to play. So we took the bus from Lowell to Hartford. And I had like, uh, I have my feet are a little bit, like I needed a little bit different, like insole in my skate for, for me to, for me to play or whatever. And so we get to Hartford and the equipment manager had forgotten, like my, my insoles 
We're still in Lowell. Oh. We didn't make to make the trip. So I'm like, I'm like, oh fuck, I don't have any insult. And the, the, Tom Rowe, the head coach, he's like, hey, he's like, fuck it. You know what? Take the night off. You're gonna play tons. Take the night off. We'll get Geo in here. I'm like, okay. So that was Geo. He tells us when he has a couple cocktails when he's back in town. And if I'm in the room, he tells the story where his like kind of big break to start playing in the American League was because I didn't have my fucking insult. And he just went from there. But you're right. Like the, I, I remember the Phantoms winning. You guys, you guys beat Providence in the conference finals, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Who'd you guys play in the finals again? I remember you guys Chicago. we lost to Providence. Chicago, that's right. But yeah, to touch on the American League that year. I mean, I'd say every team other than, I mean, Springfield was a little weak, I would say. But other than that, I would say, like, every team, like the top three, four defensemen and top three lines, I mean, were by and large, they were NHL players. I mean, it was a great yeah. league. That year was awesome. Yeah. Really good. That was, how um, how yeah, did you uh, – you guys, Did you guys sign with the Carter and Richards came out of junior that year? They too? came in, yeah. Yep, that's right. Not yeah. bad additions. Yeah, they were they were they were pretty yeah, good. These guys are all right. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah, they were pretty good. Um how did how did you like uh uh Lavi playing under Lavi, Peter Laviolette? I loved him. I, I loved him. I think earlier in his career, like I have talked to some guys that, that like didn't like him at all, like from before. And I was like, really? I'm like, so I think Lavi, like, I think when he got, and, and now, you know, now that I've been out of it for a while and, and talking to guys like Rod and stuff, I think when Lavi got to Carolina, I think it was a little bit of a, he was dealing with a very veteran team. And I think he learned a shitload. I, I love Lavi. Lavi was great to me. Um, you know, he was like, I was kind of like when I was first there for the first half of the year, like, you know, I was playing for sure, but not, not a ton. Um, and then Lavi was like the first kind of NHL coach where, I mean, Brent Hedekin had a huge hand in this too. We were like, probably, I don't know, the playoffs were probably like a month away. And I was kind of, I was playing, but kind of not and a little bit in and out, of, if you want to call it that, or not playing many minutes. And I thank Brett Hedekin to this day too. Brett, it was kind of me and Oleg Tabardoski. Oleg had a great career, don't get me wrong. And we were kind of, it was kind of, we would dress 7D and, and Brett Hedekin went in and talked to Lavi and said, hey, look, I want to play with Mike. No more of this 7D, like, I want to play with Mike. And then from that point forward, I always played with Brett, and, and we ended up doing well together. Um, but, yeah, Lavi's awesome. Um, great dude. Like, I just saw him, well, it's been a little bit now, but he'll come in every once in a while. Kind of a funny story. He was in here a couple of years ago. And so, you know, every once in a while, I'm not far from the Saddle Dome here. So, you know, if there's a team in town and I know a couple of the guys, like, I'll go watch like pregame skates or whatever. And so I went in, I think this might've been, I think I'm dating myself a little bit. He might've been with Nashville. So this is probably a few years ago now, but I'm, you know, the rink's empty. I go in there for pregame skate and I'm just sitting at the top of the lower bowl. I'm just watching pregame skate. It's just me. There's nobody else there. And he's fucking staring at me from the ice comes and stands behind the net. I'm sitting at one end and he's looking at me. He's right on the glass behind the net staring at me. And so I like wave at him. And he's pissed off. I'm like, fuck, he doesn't know it's me. I think he thinks I'm like <laughs> working for the flames, like scouting his practice or some shit. Yeah, like right. So I stay up there. I'm like, well, fuck him. I'm going to stay up here. I'm going to make him sweat it out a little bit. And he is pissed off. I can see him fuming, skating around. He's pointing up at me. I'm dying laughing. 
And then I went underneath. I'm like, hey, Lavi, I'm going to tell the Flames everything you guys are practicing. And then he laughed. And he had a good time or whatever. But yeah, Lavi's a good uh, guy. Good dude. He didn't, he didn't send Cato up there to get you? <laughs> Cato was fucking staying on the ice. Cato! Cato! Yeah. He's always yelling, oh, yeah. Cato! Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I had a good time with Lavi uh, here when he was coaching us. and He coached Riley, obviously. Uh, yep. We had that run to the finals, but um, yep. yeah, that's awesome. So, so I had, so we got to talk a little bit about Columbus. I, I, I heard, I, th- I heard you on a podcast a while back, uh, maybe a year or two ago, but uh, you were talking about uh, uh, Scott Arneal. Um, he, man, a couple of stories you told. What a dick! I don't even know him, but Whoa. like, wow! Like I heard, yeah, yeah, man, I couldn't believe a couple of things you had said, like. Like you guys were taking money out of his pocket or something, or off his family's table, and man, that can't be fun to go in and try to play for a guy saying shit like that. No, so like we had when I got to Columbus, we had Hitch, and, and I loved I loved Hitch. Like you know, Ken's Ken's Ken, he's a little different for sure, but I loved Hitch, and, and the, what I loved about Hitch was like he would fucking rip on you and give it to you and give it to you, but. The moment you fucking snapped and you could say whatever you wanted to Ken and he never took anything personal. It was like you, you fat motherfucker. And he was no big deal. He was, it, was, it wasn't a big deal. I, I, I loved it. Hits end up getting canned and Arneal's coming in. And I, I'd never met Scott Arneal, but one of his assistant coaches, Brad Berry, is a North Dakota guy. So I was like, I know, I know Bubba. Yeah, I know Bubba. So I'm like, oh, this could be a good thing. I'm going into my third year on a five-year deal. I'm like, okay, this could be a good thing. I was like, all right. Like, I was excited at first. And I will never forget, we go through training camp, and now, you know, the last cuts are made. And so all the guys, everybody's going to go out for a beer just north of the arena there. And I'll never, I was sitting down, and I'm watching, and Scott O'Neill walks in. Like, literally, the whole team, it's like kind of a, hey, let's have a good year, you know, have a beer, and here we go, or whatever. And I remember watching Scott O'Neill walk into the fucking bar, this is at like three in the afternoon. You know, there's a few people in there or whatever. And I remember him, he walked in and he like puffs his chest out and he's walking around with his arms out. And I'm like, "Uh Oh, I'm like, this could be a good, Uh this this might be a bad sign here. What the fuck is this guy? Like this guy thinks he's the man. And anyways, it took me forever to figure it out. He fucked me from the word go, but it ended up being like, when he got to the NHL and got a head coaching, like Scott O'Neill had a great career. He played like seven or yeah. eight hundred games in the minors. He played like seven hundred games in the NHL. Like he had a he had a very good career. There's no doubt about it. But in his mind, he didn't get paid enough for what he did. So then when so that's your fault. NHL, that's, that's your fault. My fault. <laughs> so he comes into Columbus. Well. I was the highest paid defenseman in the organization at the time. I'm single, so I got no kids, and I'm making almost four million bucks a year. He was, he wanted nothing to do. Like, he was fucking me from the word go. And yeah, he'd come in and like, we'd lose a game, or maybe be like, like you just said, like, you're taking money away from my kids or food off my table. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyways, I had a couple of meet, well, one meeting with him in particular where, like, I knew I was done. Like, I was, I was fucking, it was over for me in Columbus. And I, it was the only time, like, and I got along with, like, 99% of my coaches. Like, it was Scott Arneal and Mike Babcock was basically the only two I did. And everybody else I loved. And I remember going in there and having a meeting with Scott. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this guy. 
and I had never gone. I called him a chicken shit. I mean, I was right in his fucking grill, telling him to go fuck himself. And and then I was in Springfield, and then my career was over. <laughs> <laughs> well, well he, quite, right? not, not not quite, not quite. Um, one of one of my one of our good buddies, obviously Jake Voracek. I guess you guys were roommates. Um, you got you got to have something on Jake for us quickly. Uh, I mean, it's, you probably got more than one thing. Jake was Jake was the best when I when he first came. So his first year in Columbus was my first year in Columbus, and uh, Tyler Wright was like uh, a scout for player development or whatever for Columbus. Uh, he he he's like, hey, we're rooming you, we're putting you with Jake. Like, hey, make sure he doesn't eat too many M and M's. I'm like, what? Well, make sure he doesn't eat too many M and M's. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll. I'll try and keep an eye on what this fucking guy eats. Like, sure. And I remember, you know, Jake was a little, I'll tell you what, Jake Borchek, greatest dude, great player. He was so fucking skilled and the best fucking guy. He was like a, he was a young kid, but he was like an old school guy. And that motherfucker would vacuum fucking M&Ms. We'd, go, we'd get on the road and, you know, they had the little mini bar. I mean, those M&Ms, we would barely get in the room and they were fucking gone. I'm like, Jake, I'm supposed to play Would you stop eating all the fucking M&Ms for Christ's sake? Anyway, he was the best dude, man. He was awesome. Uh, I had a hell of a career, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully he can uh, recover here. He's a little scary there with a concussion. But uh, I talked to him this morning. He he asked me uh, specifically to ask you about Nasher's retirement jersey party. I don't know if you, I don't know what that means, but he told me to mention it. I don't know if you have anything to say. I I hadn't been in Columbus. That was basically a year ago. So I hadn't been in Columbus since Scott Arneal kicked my ass out of town. And I love Columbus. Like people, I think Columbus gets a a little, in my opinion, gets a little bit of a rod. Like I loved playing there. I thought the city was good. It was the only place where I like actually owned a place that I ever played. I had a great setup there. Like from my bedroom to my stall was a 15 minute walk. You know, the bars were all there. Rest. Anyways, I loved it there, but I hadn't been back since Arneal kicked me out of town. You know, I was a little bit bitter or whatever. And then, but I, you know, and it's Columbus, Ohio, right? I'm out West. I mean, I don't, it's not the easiest place to get to, but naturally they're retiring his Jersey. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And I love Rick. I'm like, Fuck, I'm going to go. So I message uh, message the Blue Jackets. They're like, yeah, we'd love to have you. I'm like, all right. So I get there, and I will say I did get a little too excited um, for my trip to Columbus. The Jersey <laughs> retirement, I don't even really remember. After party, and I, I think I remember Jake picked me up off the ground. I, I mean, I was, I was just way too excited to get back in town. It was Seen a bunch of guys I hadn't seen in a while, and I got fucking in one. Yeah, in one. Oh, oh God. Yeah, Jake. Oh, Jake, was, Jake actually kind of had to take care of me a little bit, but I think that's fine because I took care of his ass. I was going to say, yeah. It's been yeah, plenty of times. Sorry for yeah, having a good time. Yeah, sorry for having yeah, a good time. Uh, he, also, he also, he's also asked me to mention something about you grabbing Gretzky's helmet. And wearing it in pregame skate or something? Gretzky's helmet. That's what he said. I don't know. 
he just asked him about he said Anaheim, which doesn't make sense. He goes, he grabbed he, he grabbed Gretzky's helmet. And I'm like, in Anaheim? Why was Gretzky's helmet in Anaheim? But I don't know. I'm gonna have, we, I'm gonna have to talk to Jake. Yeah, we're we're like, yeah, maybe he he was in one. Must have those, those probably were the Arneal days. Towards the end there, I started <laughs> basically checking out. So there would have been a few days I showed up to the rink. Probably not in the most professional manner, so there could have been something like that for sure. He, may, he maybe he meant a Gretzky style helmet. Maybe that's what he uh, meant. Who knows? The old joke. Yeah, that's funny. Could have been that. Yeah, the old Jopa. Yeah. And uh, well, quickly, I know I know you're running out of time here, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. I just wanted to uh, ask you real quick. Uh, you're probably so sick of talking about uh, Babcock, but um, I, I I watched the podcast you're on a while back, and I didn't understand the whole the whole scenario of you like getting that call from your agent and you know saying, yeah. "Hey, look, do you really want me or not?" I, that's that's brutal, man. I don't know if you want to touch on that real quick, but yeah, yeah, like Babs, like in a nutshell, I got traded from Jersey to Anaheim. It was Mike Babcock's first um, year as a head coach in the NHL, and they actually had a great. That was the fucking worst finals ever. It ended up being in two thousand three. Anaheim, who Babs fucked me, and I was in their organization. Well, I got traded at the end. Was playing Jersey in the finals. I'm like, this is a no win for me. I don't want. I don't want any yeah. teams to win. But Babs, <laughs> like, I had never met Mike Babcock. Wouldn't know him if he walked in the room for whatever reason. And this happens all the time. Like, it's not like it's just me. But for whatever reason, he didn't want anything to do with me. He fucking did not like me, and and that was kind of the end of it. So down to Cincinnati, all that shit. He liked the one thing that like, you know, guys, you know, you got to get lucky with coaches and everything. I totally understand that. You know, the one thing that he did then that, that trying to fuck me, which really pissed me off was, you know, when I didn't, when he sent me down, you know, I was supposed to play like this was kind of a fairly big trade. It was like Peter Sikora and I, obviously Peter Sikora was the big piece in the trade, but you know, like I was supposed to play. And so when the media asked him like, well, you know, why is Mike not here? You know, his response, which I ended, it ended up being so hard for me to shake. His response was, wow, he showed up. He wasn't in shape. Didn't seem like he wanted to be here. So we sent him down. I fucking showed up early. I was in great fucking, I mean, I wasn't fucking stupid. Like I realized that, you know, I didn't have a skill set where I could just roll into training camp and make the fucking team. Like I had to be in good shape and ready to fucking go. And so he said that to the paper and that ended up being a thing. Like, like when I got traded to Calgary, my first summer, so this was in the summer before 04, I would, you know, the year I, I finished the last six games here, you know, year end meetings and the gen general manager Craig's like, well, you know, we heard you don't like to work out. So we'd like you to stay here in Calgary. And I'm like, fuck, don't like to work out. That's all I fucking do in the summer. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fine. I'm like, I'll stay here. No problem. I'm like, God. so I like tried to put that to bed. But anyways, I hated Babs. And then, yeah, when I got bought out by Columbus, uh, you know, I'm buddies. I just was hanging out with his daughters last night and their husbands, Ken Holland, who was the general yeah. manager. I go on golf trips with him, Ken, all this shit. So at this time I had gone to one golf trip with Ken and Ken and I hit it off and I was ripping on Babs and he was laughing, not really saying anything, but anyways, just having a good time or whatever. And so when I get bought out, I don't think I'm going to get a contract agent the day before. He's like, you know, we might have to wait till August. I'm like, no, I get it. I'm like, you know, I think I can still play. I just, you know, one more chance. But I realized that it's like, 
lucky I'm going to get one chance. And if this doesn't work out, I'm fucking done. Like it's it. I'm not getting any more chances. And so he's like, yeah, probably going to be a few weeks. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Next day is July 1st, five minutes into free agency. Phone rings. It's my agent. Like, what the fuck does this guy want? I just talked to him yesterday. And I answer the phone and he's like, hey, he's like, I got a contract offer for you. I'm like, seriously? I go, what is it? He's like, well, one year, one million bucks. I'm like, okay, one way. He's like, yeah, one way. I go, well, who is it? He's like, Detroit. And always trust your gut. That's the one thing I learned out of this experience. I'm like, Detroit? So I'm like, I'm not going to fucking Detroit. I'm like, Babs is there. He's going to fuck me. He just wants to end my career. Now, my agent was a different agent from when I first had Babs. So he didn't know any of this shit. And so he's like, well, what do you mean? And so I tell him quickly. I'm like, man, there's only one reason fucking Babs wants me there, and that's to fucking end my career. And so he's like, wow, fuck Detroit. I'm like, just tell him, put him off. Like, just maybe somebody else will call, like, hopefully. And uh, he's like, well, Mike, Ken said you have 15 minutes to make up your mind. So this is five minutes into free agency. There isn't another fucking team that's even considering calling me for at least another month. And I got 15 minutes. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, Ken said you you need to make up your mind in 15 minutes or the contract's gone. I'm like, for fuck's sakes. I'm like, I'll call you back. So I call Ken. Call Ken. I'm like, Ken, I would love to play in Detroit. I would love to play for you. Always, I'd love to play in Joe Lewis. I go, you guys always, you're making the playoffs. You got to play with Nick Lynch. I'm like, I would love to play in Detroit. But I'm like, you know what I think of your fucking head coach? Does he want me on the team or not? He goes, yeah. I go, Ken, do you believe him? He's like, I do. I go, are you fucking sure? He's like, yeah. I go, give me his fucking phone number. So he gives me to, to the GM. Are you fucking sure, man? <laughs> so I call Babs. I got 10 minutes left now. So I call Babs. I'm like, hey, Mike, it's, it's Mike Commodore. Oh, hey, Commie. I'm like. I remember looking at the phone like, like, I ain't your fucking buddy, but I keep it to myself. I'm like, hey, you know, Mike, look, I'm like, do you want me on your hockey team or not? We're 10 minutes into free agency here. I go, is it Ken that wants me and you don't? I go, I ripped you in the paper. I go, do you want me on the hockey team or are you bringing me in to end my career? This is my last chance. I know it. I need to, I'd like to go somewhere where I get an opportunity. Are you going to give me an opportunity? Yeah, 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 Mike. We need a right-handed shot. Nick likes playing with a right-handed defenseman. We need a little bit of a physical presence, blah, blah, blah. Go, Babs, no bullshit. This is my last opportunity, like my last chance here. Do you do you want me on the team? Yes. Hang up the phone. I'm like, man, this guy's going to fuck me. Call my agent. He's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, he's going to fuck me. And he's like, well, what did he say? I'm like, well, he said that like Nick likes playing with a right-handed D. He's like, Mike, are you fucking kidding me? So then I started thinking about that. I'm like, man, what if I did get to play with Nick Lidstrom? All I'm going to have to do all year is get the puck and go D to D to Nick. I'm like, I'll have 25, 30 points. Fuck, maybe I get <laughs> yeah, back. for sure. I'm back. Yeah. I'm so back. I'm, you know what? I'm going to take this guy at his word. I'm, he's going to give me an opportunity. I'm gonna, I didn't ask for anything special. or anything. I'm going to take him at his word. Fuck it. So I signed the contract. And right from the fucking word go. I was fucking out. Like he was scratching me. He wouldn't even really let me practice. He was calling guys up from the minors. So I, so he, so I wouldn't play like it was a fucking joke. And then, you know, speaking of Jake Borachek earlier, so that was July 1st. Jake calls me like right at the beginning of August. And he's like, Mike, what the fuck are you doing? What are you talking about? Jake He goes, Detroit, you fucking hate Mike Babcock. I'm like, 
I do hate Mike Babcock, but this is what he said. He's like, fuck, I just talked to Lavi. We just talked about you. He's wondering why the fuck you signed there. Like, we would have called you. I'm like, God damn it. Mr. Yeah. Oh, we could have had Kami. Fuck. fuck. That would have been fun. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah, that's that's brutal, man. God. See, you so think he went into that season deliberately trying to fuck you. Like, this is an opportunity to stick it to you some which way and just right out of the gate. Right, 100%. Like, it was. Yeah, hey, wow. It's fucking it was amazing. A, oh, man. It was a joke. Like, I tweaked. I, I played some exhibition games, which was fine. And then. We opened up the season. I had tweaked my knee a little bit. Like I was out for like a week or something like that, like a little bit of a sore knee. And so I was like, I was uh, scratched, like injured. I want to say for like the first game or two. And we lost the first game. We lose the second game. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I'm good to go. Scratch, 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 scratch. And just, and, and we weren't really doing that well. Like it would have been, it's not like the team was winning. Like I get don't change in the line. Don't change the lineup. Team's winning. Yeah. But I knew it then. And then, like, in practices and shit. So it'd be like, you know, like you do a two-on-one drill. So we'd have 7D. I'm, I'm the seventh guy. So, you know, we do, like, usually you do two rotations, two or three rotations through the D. Every yeah. single fucking time. It was, like, two-on-ones or three-on-twos. So we'd go through once. I would get to go once. And then every single time it was, like, my turn to go again. It would be the last one. He'd blow the fucking drill down. And I'm uh. like... This motherfucker Dick. wants nothing to do. Yeah. For like the first three weeks when I was in Detroit, I was like, I wasn't a good person to be around because I could see what was happening. I'm like, man, this is it. I'm fucking done. And I was like pissed off. And then after like three weeks, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. This guy isn't going to dictate how I go through life. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to make the best of this. So I ended up just like, I would show up. I would practice as much as he would let me. I would run the stairs at Joe Lewis after every fucking uh, practice or whatever, just so he can't say I'm not fucking working. I go run the fucking stairs. And then I just planned all the parties. Some of my best buddies <laughs> in Detroit. In a way, it was actually fucking awesome. Hockey-wise, really oh. like, my first game in Detroit. So, <laughs> I mean, it was this is a fucking joke. So we, like, had a home game. and Ian White took, like, a puck to the face. And he couldn't play the next night. And we were playing the next night in St. Louis. And Babs didn't have enough time to call somebody up from Grand Rapids to play. So he had to play me. So we're going into St. Louis. And I'm like, okay, fuck, he's got to play me. I'm in the lineup. You know, the guys are all pumped for me. They're like, all right. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something here. Try and do something, whatever. So get in the fucking lineup. I think I played like 30 seconds the first period, maybe. Uh, second wow. period, I think... I don't think I had a shift, maybe one, but that's wow. halfway through the game. So yeah, not playing. I'm, I'm just standing there. I'm like, man, this is a fucking joke, but I'm like, whatever. So I sit there. Now it's like two minutes left in the game, tie game, buildings going bananas. And there's a change and the D coach panics because it's kind of a scramble. It panics. I have checked out of this game an hour and a half ago. My team is <laughs> telling me, I'm like, I'm not fucking playing. And he taps me. He's like, go. I'm like, I turn around. I go, you fucking serious? He's like, go. I'm like, okay. I go to jump over the board. I trip over my own feet, fall right on the blue line. I get up. Alex Steen is coming down with a. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. My feet are fucking killing me. I'm like, strong side post, strong side post. Just keep him to the outside. So I go back to the strong side post. He whips around the back of the net. Cronwall was out there with me. 
Cronwell's supposed to pick him up when he goes to the other side of the net. Cronwell's got his head up his ass at this moment. He's fucking lost. I'm like, oh, fuck. So now Skeen's in the corner. And so I beeline over there, and I'm like, I am going to put this guy in the upper deck. So I go to run him. He does a quick little turn. I trip over my own feet again, go head first into the fucking boards. I'm like, holy <laughs> pick myself up. I go back to the front of the net. Steen like took it to the net. Now this is like worst case, my ultimate nightmare. Takes it to like the net. Jimmy Howard saves it. But the puck comes to now I have the fucking puck, which is the last thing I want. <laughs> I'm like, holy fuck. As I go behind the net, I'm like, I'm gonna take a look in the middle and I'm looking on the boards. If there's nobody there, I'm chipping this puck off the glass and I'm getting the fuck off the ice. So I look in the middle, there's nobody there, there's nobody on the boards. I'm like, this puck is out, just going to go chip it out. I go to chip it out, the puck bounces, I shoot it 15 rows into the stand, delay the game penalty. Oh, no. I like turned away from the bench, just so bad you didn't see me, and I was like, I, I, I had to laugh, I'm like this. <laughs> and then, then the next day, right back into the press box, that was it. Oh, uh, how many games after that one did you sit out? Oh, fuck. That was – that would have been early November, and the next game I played was against the Calgary Flames December 23rd. Oh, yes. So that would have been – oh, yeah. We did like a trip. We went to Vancouver. We went Vancouver, Calgary, and then Christmas break. And so, like, I'm part, I'm planning the parties. Like, I'm going on the road, and I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm like, catch up with this buddy. I'm going out here. Any guys want to come? You know, this is basically like a paid vacation for me. And so we go into Vancouver, we get the shit kicked out of us like five nothing. Now we're leaving right after the game. We're playing Calgary the next night, December 23rd, right before Christmas. Then I'm going to spend Christmas here. My family's here, all this shit. And so I'm on the plane. I got a big night out, like planned out in Calgary. So I'm like this with a bottle of wine in the back of the plane. And I get a tap. Hey, Mike, it's fucking bad. I go, what do you want? He's like, you're in tomorrow. No, I'm not. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you're in tomorrow. Turns around. Todd Bertuzzi taps me. He's like, hey, you're fucking in. I'm like, fuck, I could better put this fucking wine down. The only reason why I ended up getting back into it, I found this out from the goalie coach the next day. The only reason why I got in was, you know, we were kind of on a skid. We just got spanked by Vancouver 5 nothing. We're kind of going back to Calgary where I played here a little bit. So Ken apparently had pulled Babs aside on the tarmac and told Babs, I don't give a fuck if you have to scratch Nick Lidstrom tomorrow. Mike Commodore is fucking playing in Calgary. So that was the only reason why I got back into the lineup. I had a pretty wow. good game here. And then Babs like let me play for like a month, I'd say. And then it was done. And then that was it. Wow. And then off to Tampa. But, uh, yeah, I, ne I ne never, heard, uh, never heard much good uh, about the man. I don't know him. But I, I do tell you this real oh. quick. We were uh, – when Craig Berube was coaching us <clears throat> here with the Flyers, we had an off day. We came from somewhere, so we had a day where we weren't playing until the next day. So we had a few guys going out, and our ice time was at noon. So yeah. the guys come in. You know how you guys go through your routine. I'm, I'm sure you were – did you really get after it before a game, warm-up or practice? I think I read something where you said I wasn't really. I did a few high knees and I was ready to go. But high knees and a couple of pot of coffee was my pot, pot of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> Riley, used to, Riley used to get into the coffee too. But uh, oh, but this was this was a day off, so we had the, the schedule of practice at noon. So all the guys are there. They're getting dressed, and Detroit guys are still on the ice. Some of the guys, and so I say to the 
<clears throat> one of the equipment guys, I'm like, hey, like we're supposed to go on the ice in like 10 minutes and you guys are still out there. And Hexy's going to lose his fucking mind because Hexy was the GM and Chief was our coach. Yeah. And yeah. Chief's like, fucking figure out what's going on here. So I'm like, all right. So I'm talking to the boys <clears throat> next door with, with Detroit. And they're like, Bab said, sorry. That's, you know, we'll get off when we get off. And I'm like, okay. So I got to go tell Hexy and Chief, you know, not that they're going to be mad at me. Well, we want to talk to him, get him out here. So we got in that area where the boys used to play soccer in the Joe <clears throat> back behind both locker rooms. And uh, Babs finally comes out. So our guys are kind of like the guys that weren't skating were kind of kicking a soccer ball. And I'm like standing there. I got to see this. He comes yeah. out there and Hexy's like fuming because I mean, you know, if you're a player on our team, you're, you're sitting here waiting an extra hour to get on. Oh, it's not right. Yeah, 100%. You know, no, We had that ice time signed off. So, Hexy's like, what What are you doing? Like, we have the ice at 12. Like, our guys have been here. And he's like, he, dude, he was looking for quarters. He didn't want to look at either one of those guys in the eye. Like, he, he had his head down and he was talking. Well, you know, uh, we had a practice that ran a little long. And, and Chief's like, that's that's not how it goes, man. Like, we were supposed yeah. to be on the ice 30 minutes ago. Dude, this guy never looked up once. And he goes, well, I mean, I'm not sure what you want me to say. Like, do you want me to say I'm sorry? And he's never looking at him. He goes, I, I guess I'm sorry, I guess, you know. And they're like, are you kidding me? And he's just like, and he just walks away. And they're like, was that an apology? Like, I guess I'm sorry. Like, but he never, he never looked up at either one of them. And I'm, our guys are just like snicker because, like, what's he thinking? First of all, a chief standing there, <laughs> fucking, oh, you know, yeah, you know, kick the shit out of him. And and Hexy was wound up, but I mean, they kept their cool. But it was, it was kind of see him kind of like cower a little bit was kind of funny because he's so he's fucking yeah. <laughs> He's like the death of the quickest way I would say to like sum him up is he's a bully is what he is. And as soon as yeah. just like that situation right there, when you come fucking at him, he's going to back off. But he is a fucking bully and a fucking terrible human being. When I got to, to Detroit, I was like, put, put all your differences aside. Like, this is the last chance. Like, all right, we're on team Babcock here. I sit down in the dressing room for the first time. Half the fucking team came up to me. I was like, hey, man, we loved it when you carved Babs in the paper. Fuck that. I'm like, <laughs> I literally just got here. I'm like, hey, uh, I don't know what to say because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm trying to be on Team Babcock here. Like, let's have fun. And yeah. Good year. And these guys are just fucking torching them. And I'm like, fuck, these guys hate them too. Perfect. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, yeah I, I knew a couple people that worked in management there that were good friends with my dad. My dad was in the league for a long time, so he was really good friends with them, and they didn't have anything – Really good no, to say. Not a good dude. Yeah. Not a good so. dude. It's a shame that guys got to flex like that. They can't just uh, be a little, become a little more you know, confident in themselves and, and find a different way to deal with guys, right? It's like that whole fear-based uh, coaching, right? It's like you got some power yeah. and you flex in and just like, well, you know. That's, just... Yeah, it's like I think the way he like looked at it, and I'm sure he's not the only one, but it was like, I mean, he thinks everybody's coming to the rink to watch him. Right. It's like, well, I'm the head coach of the fucking Detroit Red Wings. I decide who the, who's in the fucking lineup. This is, you know, it's the same thing with like Mike Medano not playing 1500 games because yeah, what, what a joke. But it's like, what the fuck is what, that? What are you doing? Right. Like <clears throat> Imagine every other coach would have been like out of their way to like 
Mike, I don't care if your fucking leg is broken. Your skates are touching the ice and then you can go and then you can take your shit off and, and that's fine. But like, that's the story that I like tell the people like, you know, cause it comes up around here every once in a while. And like the shortest version is just like, Hey, go fucking hockey DB or whatever. Google Mike Medano. He played 1,499 games, bad scratch, and so he wouldn't get 1,500. I mean, that's a fucking incredible. That's thing. a joke. Yeah, yeah, it's a I, bad guy right there. It is, and you know, you're talking about when he was a head coach of Detroit, which is a big deal. When he signed yeah. in Toronto, oh that ego went from here. Like he's a fucking. First of all, when your head coach is the face of your franchise, in yeah. my opinion, that's you got issues. Like, like to me. But like you said, he believed it. You watch. I don't think that guy ever would miss a media scrum or whatever you call him after never. practice games. He he would never miss a fucking interview ever. Like that was what he fucking loved. And like that was half the reason why I moved to Phoenix because he fucking signed in Toronto. I'm like, man, I can't live in Canada. I can't. It's going to drive me fucking crazy. I got to go to Phoenix so I can get away from this. But like his bullshit, like you know, goes into the gym and then comes out and he's got a sweat on and then he's fucking growling. It's just the whole fucking act. He's so fucking self-centered. And at the end of the day, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody except himself. That's it. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah. Fuck him. Seemed like anyways. Well, we appreciate you, Kami. Well, I know we've gone uh, yeah, over no problem, boys. I could probably get going. Yeah, all good. Anytime, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Sorry, man. I can keep going. I I can keep going with you, man. Uh, we love you, man. We appreciate your time, brother. Anytime. No, I appreciate it. I could keep going too, but my girlfriend's looking at me. She needs to go get an oil change. So I got to help. <laughs> <laughs> hairy eyeball. Oh man. All right, boy. All right, brother. Thanks a lot for having me. Okay. Yeah, take, care, take care, man. All right. Big thank you to Mike Commodore for carving out the time. Appreciate him. What a beauty. Oh, my God. I could have kept going. Oh, I had other no. things I want to talk to. Maybe we'd get him on again. That was extended but, pod, too. Oh, my God, yes. But he is so funny. He Like I told you before we got on with him, and we talked a little bit with him for a little bit, a uh, little while, I knew he was probably in one. Oh, yeah. You know, and no pun intended with his hashtag in one, but he went to the – it was funny. He said he went to the Calgary-Edmonton game last night. And he's like, I can't even watch the game. I got people handing me beers. If I got three hands, I'd be three-fisted. <laughs> yeah, three yeah. uh, but what a guy, man. It's just so many great stories and some we didn't even get to. I but, know. Um, we didn't even get to, I think, three-quarters of the stuff. Yeah. He's kind of built. He's such a, he's such a good dude, man. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so what do we got, Nast? We got our clear questions presented to you by clear rum clearrum.com check it out the clear water oh you love the clear water i like the clear crush now I'm, but the clear water yeah that's that's it, my right, jam yeah. right now or just the clear See on that? the rocks hydrating while you're dehydrating why not hey makes you gotta do it sense. it does make perfect sense that's why you look like you're 32 years old <laughs> i wish i'm concerned my daughter's gonna get me aging here more yeah, and more well, yeah. than i really am <laughs> yeah. but uh that's a different story yeah it's a different more story. clear water Who knows? yeah i might be drinking more of that now yeah <laughs> all right uh, yeah well, clear questions baller what do you got we have an email from angelo rosina since it's episode 99 have either of you met gretzky or have a story about him and another question who would you say is the wayne gretzky of philly obviously not as good but Ooh, hmm. well, Kerbal. I've never met Wayne Gretzky. Obviously, I followed him growing up, and 
in my opinion, the best player to ever play. But um, Nast, I think you've had a couple Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate. I've, I've met him a few times. Um, like, one of the nicest people ever, you know, like, especially for who he is. He thinks he's nothing. It's kind of funny. He makes fun of himself. But I was able to meet him a bunch of times, and then I got to work with him at the All-Star Game in 2017 right. when our boy Wayne Train won the MVP. Uh, what a weekend. But he was our coach, and he was great. Um a funny story, I guess. Uh, one of the things that I can tell, uh, it was it was kind of funny because Paul Coffey was on the bench with us as well, and uh, we're, we're first game of the you know tournament or whatever you want to call it, and it's three on three, so you got two two forwards and a D, so you only have three D. Well, I think it was it was Justin Falk had a tough start his first shift, and uh, the game just began. Like they scored right away, he comes off and and Gretz looks over. He looks over to Koff and goes, hey, he's done. Yeah. Like, like he can't play. Like, he's benching him, right? right? And you only have 3D. Like, so you can't do that. And I just remember laughing. He reminded me of something Chief would no, do yeah. or say. Sarcastic. Um, And it was pretty funny, too. I was standing in between Koff and uh, Paul Coffey and, and Wayne Gretzky, and, and uh, Chris Chelios kept FaceTiming him. And he was on the beach oh. in L.A. And uh, – He's talking and it's kind of loud in there. I'm like, how can you? He's they're holding the phone right here and they're both like trying to talk as we're co- as, they're, the as they're coaching. Like during this is during wow. the game and, and wait. Gretz is like trying to like pay attention, you know, like and it's kind of funny and uh, Gretz like looks over and he goes, "Flip over," because he was all red. Chelly uh. was like all red on his front side. He's like, "Flip over." I'm like, Jesus Christ! It was That's pretty hilarious. funny, but really, really nice man. Like uh, Rick Tockett, one of our good buddies, is. Best buddies with him and yeah. just always great always things to some say. Classy and things about Greg. Yeah, he's just he's a class act for yeah. sure, man. Well, what do you got great there? Nice uh, well, to use that speaking, thing. I, speaking I of this, I got this. I think about in ninety four, ninety five. This is uh, wow! What a isn't that awesome? Piece of art that yeah. thing is. He he asked me, "You want me to sign your name?" And I was like, "I I don't know. I what whatever." He goes, "I'll just okay. That's fine." But uh, it's really cool. These his sticks used to come with these on them already. Oh, really? They, hey? Yeah, this is like way. But now these are you know the, I the know not that. yeah. Uh, all his sticks came that way, and he had baby powder on them. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I got this. Uh, Rick Tockett was playing with the Kings, and it, we were standing in the change room uh, at the Spectrum, the old Spectrum, and uh, he was like, "Do you, you have one of Gretz's sticks?" I was like, "No, not, you know, it's my third year, I think, in the league." And I, I was like, no, I, I don't. But, like, I'm like, I don't want to ask him. He goes, oh, fuck that. <laughs> He's like, Gretz, could he get one of your – He's like, yeah, sure, man. He goes oh, over, wow. grabs it off the rack and, it's like, That's so you nice. know, and signed it. He was, just, he was like, there you go. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's like this is my favorite – obviously, my probably my favorite stick that oh, I have. Course, I yeah. mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I have, a, I have quite a collection. I've been fortunate to get a lot. I've got, you know, Mario Lemieux and mm-hmm. some guys like that. But this is like – and it's that shiny stuff. Oh, thing. yeah. There's some weight to it, though. Yeah, There's I, I used one it. of those bad boys back in the yeah, day. Yeah, so – Didn't have quite the same finesse, but uh... – Well, I mean, you were right there. You got the same, <laughs> same, same curve. Blade. Yeah, same, <laughs> same blade, same curve. <laughs> same blade. I was trying to mimic what Gretter was <laughs> yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. Didn't – didn't transpire. No, yeah, but it's yeah, all right. But that's that's my uh, that's one of my stories about Wayne. Story. He's a great guy. I love it. Uh, this one's from Jersey Mike. Ooh. Mike Taylor, uh, Riley. What was it like playing in Memphis with the River Kings? Oh, Ooh. wow! It was a serious culture shock. That was the first year I had moved away from, <laughs> well, from home in Canada to play hockey in the U.S. and pursue my professional hockey career. And uh, I lived in South Haven, Mississippi. 
Talk about culture shock, Nast. Oh, I mean, boy. You're a Southern boy. I am. Not, not, quite, that, not, not, not that Southern. <laughs> um, and Memphis River Kings was affiliated with the St. John's Maple Leafs. Toronto oh. Maple Leafs, uh, you know, a triple-A team, I guess you could say. Uh, it landed up being a great a great situation and a, a great uh, you know, hockey season. We landed up winning the President's Cup in the Central Hockey League. No. And, you know, just fighting, you know, all, all these juice monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Try that, try like, like the hell, uh, try, try my best to get the hell out of that league. I mean, right. I mean, you talk about some mutants and guys that are on major amounts of steroids. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, as far as a first year pro, um, you get my feet wet, uh, learning the fighting role, it landed up being a pretty good experience, uh, uh, all around, but, uh, not a league I certainly wanted to stay in. Um, um, but, uh, a great experience though. That's cool. One more. Nikki T fourteen twenty eight over on Instagram. Nasty. What was the best moment of the twenty twelve Penguin series? And did anything crazy happen behind the scenes? Ooh, the best. Mm. Gosh. There was a lot of cool things because we won. Cause we was <laughs> that the was that the, the series where Heart it was all that, that was the it, whole... but, but with G? With G uh, crushing Crosby, one of the first shifts there. That was the, the the game. That was game six when yeah, we finished the them off. Yeah, I would have to say like that was a that was a huge point. I mean, like you know, and remember Lavi saying, "Well, when the best player in the world comes to you, and this, you know, we're playing Sidney Crosby," and but he said that like G told him, "I want the first shift," mm. and uh, he did. He he lit Sid up. He clean hit. Yeah, you know, and then uh, Sid's a strong guy. Pretty tough to knock oh, that yeah, fucker so, over. Yeah, you get the wide I base. mean, yeah. And then to, you know, I think there was a whistle. And then right after that, G comes in, walks in, and just buries one. Yeah. Um, posting in. Uh, that was, you almost were like, we're going to win it. And he, yeah. you know, when he looks at the crowd oh, and says, yeah, LFG, up. let's fucking go. That. I think everybody in the building was uh, losing their, like, just losing it. It was, oh, a, yeah. it was a great series. You know, you remember... We came back in the first two games in pit. One, uh, Jakey scored. Jake Borchek mm-hmm. scored in overtime. That was a huge moment. It was awesome. Um, Coots and G both having a hat trick. That's right. And uh, uh, I don't know if that, that was game two, I think. Um, That's right. But that, that hit on Sid, and I love Sid, but... I mean, it's the Penguins, and it's you know oh, he, yeah. he would he would have done the same thing. Tone. Yeah, exactly. He would have done the For same sure. thing, right? And it sure. just set the tone. The, the building was, was rocking. The orange out, mm-hmm. and then G scores. You're just like, yeah, I think we're going to be okay today. Yeah. So, um, thinking about uh, anything behind the scenes from that, um, I can't really remember. I think if there was anything crazy, I would remember because yeah. I usually remember quite a bit of stuff, but. Uh, I don't really remember anything nuts happening um, behind the scenes. I was good buddies with all the equipment guys in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, there were, there were times in my career, like earlier, I'll never forget in um, in the American League where I had an equipment manager from the other team, and this was in the finals yeah. my, with, when I was with the Phantoms, took two pieces off of my skate machine, and I couldn't use it. No way. Yep. Wow. And the kid that worked there it's for godless. him. It, the kid that worked there with him. Um, told me. Wow! I said, "Hey, like I went to lunch, and I just came back, and two pieces I need for my machine are gone." And he was like, "It's a major violation." He, he the kid told me I thought it was pretty ballsy of him, and I said, "Listen, just go take it off your 
travel machine and we'll worry about it later. And the wow. guy hid from me the next two games. Um, those against St. John's, but though. yeah, but, uh, but get back to the question. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I had nothing crazy that I can remember behind the scenes really. Um, it was just, it was just a great series to win because yeah. it was Pittsburgh, you know, of course. And that's a wrap. Clear 99. questions. 99. Crazy. So pumped. Thanks yeah. to everyone that, uh, has been following us and and everything like that. All the support we get, we we really do appreciate it. Ninety nine, man, coming up on one zero zero. Oh yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that special guest next week. Yes, episode of Hundo. Check us out. Subscribe. Like our stuff on social media. Appreciate Baller and Debo for putting yes. together all all of our content and posts and everything. So um, until then, be sure to tune in next week. You guys won't want to miss this one. Is a special, special episode. One hundo. Great job. Nass. Huge party. Huge party. Huge party. In the studio. <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Be sure to tune Demo, in. Oh, you're in charge. Oh, yeah. Get the party hats. Yeah. Till next week, stay safe, knuckleheads. See you guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.